Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, chapter 214. Crazy to think that we've made it this far. Um, really stoked for this one. Uh, joining me today on the podcast is good old Uncle Glenn, Glenn Jacobs. He is uh, co-founder of World Trail. Um, he is basically an icon in the mountain bike industry. He's already been inducted into the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame, which is crazy to think. Um, and he just still keeps smashing out project after project and uh, I guess expanding the scope of what we all thought that mountain bikes could or would be. Um, pretty cool timing. We talk a lot about e-bikes. Um, we're going over to Europe next week for the Stark thing. Glenn is all in um, on the e-bike thing and kind of seen how it's changed the, the mountain biking industry. We talk a lot about the early days in far north Queensland um, and how being so isolated um, kind of bred this crazy level of creativity that ended up kind of emerging on the world stage in the form of like different styles of filming and different styles of writing. Um, so yeah, this is a, just an awesome podcast. Glenn's one of my favorite humans. Uh, and if anyone listened to the first of the podcasts that I did with Glenn a couple of years ago now um yeah you'll be you'll be stoked on this one as well uh maddie joined us uh for this one he's gonna sit in for a little bit ended up sitting in for the for the whole three hours and yeah it was just fun it was just one of those really really enjoyable podcasts to just sit down and hang with your mates for a few hours so hope you all enjoy this one um but before we get into it just a word from the sponsors that keep these lights on uh, the first one is by the guys at Manscaped and it's a beautiful fall right now and our friends at Manscaped want to make sure it's beautiful when your pants fall as well. Don't let the trees be the only thing dropping their excess leaves and give your trunk the look it deserves with the leaders in male grooming and their fourth generation performance package. Boys, get your baby makers ready for a cuffing season like no other and join the 4 million plus men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code GYPSYGANG. We've all experienced those problems um, when you're trying to shave these nuts. You get the little clip a little bit wrong um, and you end up leaking a bunch of blood. Uh, so let's let's not, that was graphic, I get it, but let's just avoid that now. There's an easy way um, to avoid that. Once again, 
you can just get the Manscaped fourth generation trimmer. Uh, this features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn on the LED spotlight um, and off when you need more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof as well. That's right, rain, shine, rain or shine, the Lawnmower 4.0 works to keep your apples crispy. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. Make sure you have the best package for your package and choose Manscaped. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. We are also brought to you by the legends at Crush Oz. Uh, and they have just introduced a new Lush Wet Lube. Uh, Crush's Wet Lube is a unique blend of essential friction-reducing oils, providing your drivetrain with the lush goodness it needs to survive the longest grinds and gnarliest weather conditions, penetrating deeper into your chain links with anti-corrosive load-carrying and anti-wear properties. Crush Lush Wet Lube will deliver super slick shifting, maximum component protection, and significant uh, and a significant reduction in drivetrain noise. Our unique biodegradable Lush formula is the perfect way to protect your precious drivetrain components and be kind to the planet that we ride on. Uh, the guys at Crush are an incredible con- uh, company that is based here in Australia. Um, just head to crushoz.com um, for more information, but these guys have been amazing partners of ours um, for a really long time. Their products are absolutely fantastic. I use them on literally everything. Mountain bike, uh, the roadie, the car, the bikes, the whole deal. Um, and I'm super set up with their products as well. I've got the bike care bucket and I've also got their 20, um, their 20 liter drum of bike wash. So it's just, when you really invest in this line of products, it just takes one thing just completely out of your mind, uh, when it comes to looking after your bike. So crush Oz again, guys, um, one of our amazing sponsors. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at MX store. You can head to mxstore.com.au. Um, they have Australia's largest parts and accessories range online. Uh, and if you order before 2 p.m., you get same-day shipping. These guys have been valuable partners of ours for years now. Um, and they just kill it. They are the best at what they do. Uh, just gives you the best service um, that you can get, really. Um, we're also brought to you by the guys at Boost Oz. You can head to boost.com.au. Do away with those contracts that just tie you down. Um, you can pretty much do everything at Boost. You can buy one of their refurb phones. Uh, you can use their 240 gig data plan, which basically I just do one of them a year. Um, and the whole phone thing is just kind of something I don't have to think about. And they're on the full uh, 4G network with Telstra. So boost.com.au. Uh, finally, we're brought to you by the guys at Fist Handwear. You can head to fisthandwear.com. Uh, they do shipping all over the world. Um, so wherever you are listening to this in the world, um, you can get yourself a pair of the best gloves in the world. They've just dropped chapter 18. They're dope. You might have seen our vlog featuring Casey Stoner. Um, that uh, that was featured, or I guess sponsored by chapter 18. Uh, and also the guys at Rival Inc. You can head to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, these guys truly are leaders in the game when it comes to anything uh, anything aesthetic is, I guess, the way that I would put it when it comes to your dirt bike. Um, 
the best graphics in the game technologically speaking as well these guys really push the envelope uh, their service is insane the design team is insane jersey prints the whole deal rivalinkdesigncode.com is your one-stop shop thank you very much uh to all our amazing sponsors thank you to all of our amazing listeners and viewers from the gang Hello, Jace. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, hello. <laughs> we good? We rolling, right? Yeah, we're rolling. All right, so we're in studio with the one, the only, Glenn Jacobs. And uh, joining us briefly for a little bit, for as long as he feels like it, is <laughs> Matt. Hi, everyone. This is uh, Glenn's first time in the studio, but... Uh, technically third time on the podcast because yeah. we did two two parts a pub yeah first. we did the pub for the brewery first mccallis's yeah and then we did a res- like a resort what was that about uh ricky, that was nice ricky oh, her yeah. friend, she was working there and then the friend did up so we did it there so and they the left all the food and beer in the fridge yeah what was that? Yeah, oh, we, yeah. yeah we did we had some beers yeah so but very popular show People still uh, huh. send messages saying that it was a good one. So we thought, get Glenn back. He's had a bit on lately. Bit on. Projects in Derby, projects in Norway, projects in everywhere. So yeah. we're going to talk about it. Um, so, yeah. Where should we start, boys? At the beginning. Oh, that's <laughs> when you were born. <laughs> you were there to film it, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was the running joke when we were kids, is that Glenn filmed all of our births. <laughs> and so many people actually believed it. Yeah, and only a couple of people go, well, hang on, why didn't, why didn't their father film? Why, well, just because you had the camera. I didn't think of it at that time. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. So that's how that's how yeah. long we go back. So uh, we, go we, back we should talk about the cape then, maybe first. I reckon we should talk about how Glenn has actually been integrated into our lives from the start. Because I know mm. I get a lot of people asking, you yeah, know, true. You're, you're so like heavily involved in the industry mm. that we are semi-involved in, and it's kind of like this weirdest thing. But like for me, just to get straight to the point, for for me, like Glenn was kind of like the guy that showed me a way beyond like a nine to five a hundred percent like i think about it like glenn we speak a lot like yeah you know nearly every day basically but i every day like it crosses my mind where i'm like you know where did i where did this come from in my life and it was like with glenn i was like (laughs) you were just always so gnarly like with with mud cows and you know what you're doing in business and and Mm. it was so polar opposite to what we grew up in yeah 100%. as like kids and yeah I was, I was always so intrigued by like where's glenn what's he doing when will i see him again like all the time and it's like when we got to see you it was unreal you know <laughs> yeah. it was just like this this like the most amazing feeling and i think <clears throat> coming from a young age it's just cool to, i guess to share with people how mm. much you've like been a part of our lives and where it's come from so that's i think that's probably one of the best starting points. Yeah, definitely. I had a lot to do with Lizzie's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, yeah. it was great. Like, yeah, right. Come on. Yeah, oh, well, it, it's true. Like, uh, I remember for me, yeah, you were probably the first person in my life that I saw that didn't have a nine to five job, mm. essentially, and was like, because we were so ingrained in in the like, like everyone around us was just they'd work they'd yeah. go to yeah. work and especially do, being in Cairns yeah like yeah super small town and then you were like the you were like the original kind of visionary for 
for us in a sense like cause that we didn't have a role model to look up to that kind of like did their own thing and you just forever and that i i mean there obviously there was a point before like world trail took off mm. where you were just you were like ups and downs like most people that were like yeah. an entrepreneur you know like mm, yeah. it, it wasn't just the first thing that you did hit and to like even for me going through the ebbs and flows of like my life with like filming and living in america it just it always seemed like you were down to like as long as you got to live a certain lifestyle that you wanted to live like you never really felt the pressure of being normal conforming giving a fuck about what everyone else thought like you were designing tracks all over the world you had these inventions that you're working on and you were you're always doing stuff and you it seemed like you were always down to kind of not give a fuck what everyone else yeah. said and and just like chase your your dream which you know to fast forward now to world trail like it's insane yeah, it's just uh, fairly organic. Didn't have to work at it, I don't think, you know. And uh, I, it's, uh, I mean, I, everybody should do it, mm. you know. It's the best way. And you guys certainly do it now. I mean, you've you've created your own pathway. And a lot of people are doing it, you know. Mm. It's not... Uh, wasn't wasn't common, though, when you were doing it, especially where, no. you, where you were from, too, you know. Like, to be from Cairns, it was... Well, I guess you did get an apprenticeship, like, to go back even further, like your old school actual yeah. legitimate hand hand painted sign writer yeah so it's not like you didn't do that but as you went through the phases of your life like it, i guess that was never something that was super important to you is to like always have a job always. sort of rubbed you up the wrong way you know that, that style you know um of just yeah nine to five and it's just you know that it did you knew then it didn't work i, I certainly did mm. you know like well it's got to be something more to life than this and, um, you know, when you said ups and downs, when you have your downs, that's when your subconscious works the best mm. and, and it plans things for you in your life. And uh, we were just talking about it this morning, you know, like something bad happens to you mm. right there and then it's really bad. And, you know, all the boogeyman come out and that's just a bad thing. But in two years' time, you look back at it and go, thank Christ that happened. Mm. I wouldn't be here now because your mind sort of lays out things for you you know so um yeah and then that's what probably happened you know you're sort of uh you know uh looking for something else subconsciously and uh you know i think rusty reese you know rusty's market in yeah, yeah yeah rusty reese was probably the person that inspired me really yeah no yeah. Way. yeah that's crazy yeah that's, i would have never thought that yeah because he went all over the world racing you know what did he race he, everything Really? Yeah, everything, yeah. I had no idea. You do some research on Rusty. Yeah, he was crazy. He was an innovator. And then other people like Vince Vlasov, you know, Vlasov K, you know, where we go on the jet skis out in the mm. reef. You know, he came up with the underwater observatory and the glass bottom boats, all his ideas, you know. People like that, you know, and you're from Cairns, you know, miles away from anywhere. But I think that also really helps a lot because when you're isolated – Good things come out of isolation. Yeah, yeah. You know, most of the time. Well, you either get like, it's it's almost extreme isolation just breeds extremes. Either yeah. like extreme innovation and, you know, mm. you kind of have got nothing to do. So you make something to do and it ends up being great or you kind of just go the other way and you end up yeah, being yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cairns, <laughs> when you look at it, you know, in my era... It took forever to drive from Brisbane to Cairns, you know. That was the only option too, it yeah. felt like. But yeah. I remember being a kid, I think I went on one plane to Brisbane with Nana when I was probably nine or ten. Yeah. One flight. It wasn't until I was 18 that I went on another huh. one, which is crazy to think about now. It was too far to go anywhere. You yeah, know? you just, it was just never used to do it. And you, it wasn't anything, you know. Townsville was the closest. Yeah, which you, you just, Yeah. 
But you know what I mean? They're like, you know, if you're in a big city, you go out to satellite mm. play, you know, little towns and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, and there's more, you know, so many people, but Cairns are not that many people. So, yeah. So the ones that were amazing really stood out. Yeah. Okay, and they're the ones sense. that inspired, you know. So, yeah. so, there, so there was people before you that inspired you to live live that kind of life because mm. yeah i mean i think that was probably the big lesson that i took from you as a kid is that like oh you can actually not give a fuck what other people think mm. when they're small town and saying oh he's doing this mm. he's not mm. doing that he's not doing that and you are an example of a guy that just were like no nah, i'm just run my own program i'll yeah. kind of do what i want to do instead of being here doing what people like think i should be doing yeah it's dry comments you know like dry timber it just adds you to the fire you mm. know you're more of that negativity just makes the fire burn stronger you know so you keep on going and you go out looking you know finding stuff and uh it certainly happened like that yeah so didn't plan it yeah so when <laughs> when did you um what was what was like the so the the downhill thing was like the first break when you were doing the uci stuff mm. so then that did that kind of just to get the timeline right did that take you away from the sign writing stuff definitely and then that you were like okay that's the that's the move and then when that fell apart then you had to kind of like re rebuild from there yeah definitely yeah and uh it all happened within uh, you know a few months really i remember uh my bank manager came asked me to come and talk to him and he said you know uh he'd just seen something in the in the paper the local cans post and he goes look I see that you're always playing with this mountain bike thing, you know. Yeah. You're always playing mountain bikes. The <laughs> business isn't going so well, sign writing, you know. So you should, you know, make a choice, you know. you got to do something about this. And I've gone, yeah, I do. <laughs> he expected me to go, hey, I better give up mountain biking. And, and do the sign yeah, thing. Yeah, do the sign thing, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and uh, it was only a couple of months after that that I was offered the job with the UCI. So it was an easy decision you know dad always forward. said you only <clears throat> dad always said you only got involved with bmx because of nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> he used to drive you out the wall said, you're still playing with them bmx bikes it's like they're mountain bikes <laughs> how did dad never like so did dad just fully miss the mountain bike thing like he just didn't want a bar of it no the bugger we went camping you i mean you know that's weird you got, to me. like ah oh, yeah they missed the boat no no he, well he didn't like it he didn't think it was you know, yeah. I took it. We went riding. We were up in Goldsborough. We we're all camping there, and I had my mountain bikes, you know. And he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah." And we're going up to Kearney Falls. There's a little track that goes up to Kearney Falls, you know. And that, nah, nah. and I got him a bike. Get on this bike and everything. Like, well, let's go up here. This is how you do it. Come out. And the bastard went. But he's a natural, yeah. and he just took off. He was better than anybody that we we're riding with. But he just, he just so sort of flogged off. Went, oh, it's just mountain bikes, yeah. And didn't touch him again for until now. But he was a good rider. He'd, he'd be good at whatever he, he touched, you know. But yeah. uh, he loved his motorbikes that much that mountain bikes were not yeah. not really a thing, you know. But now it is. Yeah. As in like, you know, if you ride motorbikes, you also ride mountain bikes, you know, um, as a fitness thing. But no, he was, yeah, he should have. <laughs> I know, he just fully missed the boat completely. He, he, yeah, right? he really should have, you know. And back in those days, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah, uh, from my side of things with with the McAlpine family, you know, it, it was a thing, especially Christmas. Didn't want to miss out on coming out there and yeah. hanging around the pool and having a swim. And you, know, you never pissed in the pool bar, not once, not the eight hours. <laughs> it's crazy. In the pool. That, it's crazy. Of all those years, you never pissed in the pool one time. Not once. Uh, you're a saint yeah. for that. Yeah. No, but it's always been a good trip, and you know, like uh, you know, Pete and your mum and dad were were friends separate. You know, like before. Yeah. they got married and everything like that so 
Um, so it's yeah, been a long pathway, and to see you guys come along too, and then you know, um, hoping without telling you, hoping that you get to see the world, you mm. know, and not get caught up in sort of. It's just crazy to think now back that. Yeah, and you were the only influence. Like there was nobody else. But in my mind, there was just no way I was staying in Cairns. Like, it just was, <laughs> it just didn't even it didn't even cross my mind. And then I guess the the second most influential thing was seeing what you did with the camera. Yeah. And to this day, it was funny. Um, two things that like link back to what we're talking about. Shane come over the other day, mm. and he said to me, he's one of my best mates. He's one of my jujitsu coaches. Oh yeah, and uh, and he was like. He said, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life? And and I said, probably when I got denied entry to the States because I just knew that was it, like it was over hmm. from that. And I'd, I'd invested so much there. And then, but now if I look back at it, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me, which goes back to what you're saying, you know, like yeah. that sometimes it's the worst thing in your life that ends up being the best thing. But then probably the the then probably the best thing that ever happened to me was just randomly buying a camera. And I have no fucking idea what possessed me to do it. Really? Still to this day, like I remember driving, um, it was when I was working for Stroke, and I remember driving and just being like, fuck, I've got to quit. Like I hate it here so much and I've got to do my own thing. And then I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to get a camera. Like (laughs) YouTube's going to be a thing here soon. Like, But if it was I don't think if it was for you doing what you did and us growing up like because we were so obsessed with those those films and then just mm. I guess just films in general like with crusties and stuff like later on but yeah so mm. it's like to to think about the influence that you had from the the travel and just being your own boss and not really caring what other people thought and just mm. fully running your own show and then the camera like I, re- I really just kind of took so much from from that and it's it set me up to do everything that i've done which is crazy yeah and and like the the whole camera thing is is right from the start you know don't take yourself too seriously Mm. just have fun and film lifestyle and film what's happening around you you know not the way it's already set up Mm. you know it's funny we were me and jace were talking about this the other day like with instagram we're like it it used to it's funny like i was in the scroll hole quite some time ago and i was going back through like when people first got on it, it was all like what you saw. Mm. Now, photos of things. Photos yeah. of things. Now it's photos of you. Yeah. And how it's like just completely been like flipped, flipped on its head completely. And like that whole creativity thing. I think it's really disabled, <clears throat> not disabled, but like it's put a dampener on people's creativity because mm. they're not actually capturing like how they see it or how they perceive things or whatever. It's all how they want to be perceived. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the other day, but it's like yeah, you go on any. I mean, even my Instagram, like, there's not, there's not a photo that of like, that's not me doing something that's mm. on my mm. Instagram. Like, mm. it's become just like a digital facade in a way of like yeah. who you, who you are, or like who you kind of you know, in a lot of people's cases, like who you want to be perceived as. Whereas, like, initially Instagram, it was all sunsets and food. Yeah. At the, <laughs> at the start. Like, honestly. Absolutely. I remember getting messages from people who were like, if I see another fucking sunset, I'm like, oh, I'm in California. It's June. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the sunsets yeah. go off this time of year. But like anything like that, when it comes along, there's, there's like a, an attachment, which is a script. Mm. There's a script that comes along with those things. Mm. And uh, some people just stick follow to the script. Yeah. yeah, follow it, you know? Yeah, and I think you've never, like, you've never changed, like... Hmm. you're always one to like share like that first 
that POV kind of mm. perspective. It's always had that creativity and stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Like that OG type of, you know, creativity, like you said, yeah. with the cameras and stuff. It's not bragging. It's it's just the way you see it. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and, and hopefully, you know, it could be rust on a car. It could be, you know, just mud on a car with this, this yeah. way the rain runs through it or something like that. You just, you know, it's yeah. just the way you look at it, you know. Yeah. But I've got to say something about that, you know, um, what you said about the, you know, being rejected or not going into America and stuff, you know, something bad. The best way to explain that, if I haven't said it before, is like if you go down that same pathway every day to, say, work, or school or wherever you're going, you drive a certain way and then one day you'll be going along a road and a tree's fallen down mm-hmm. and you can't go through because the tree's fallen across the road. So you reverse up and go another way. Well, you would never have gone that other way if that tree hadn't fallen on the road. So you hope for those things in your life. You know? Yeah, now now I, I try and look for those things like yeah. where you could have those kind of crazy moments that just fully set you back and it's almost like a... A complete reset but yeah the it was funny he asked as well he's like oh how long were you did you stay bummed about it and i was like man i was handcuffed walking to the fucking plane like they escorted <laughs> me handcuffed like walking on i was over it i was completely fine like fully come to terms with mm. it it was almost like a. it's almost like when something like that happens it is so definitive because i was so one foot in one foot out like trying to go mm. back and forward and it just like it just wasn't working yeah and that definitive thing of just like the fucking rug getting pulled out from under it's like no like you're yeah. done here and it made me like you said just completely take an alternate but route. that's a great thing about you guys like you know you you evaluate and move forward yeah don't evaluate and keep complaining stay there yeah you know looping improvise adapt overcome yeah is that what it is oh it's what i'd say that's yeah right. okay. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> don't know if it's a thing but <laughs> it fucking sounds good but yeah where you guys are going and what you're doing you know uh you know it's really unique and it's coming from your heart and your mind and your soul and this is just a start you know you it could be anything from now on in, and uh, that's wonderful to see, you know. And nothing wrong with Cairns. Cairns is a great place. Oh yeah, mm. but you know, it's a great place to go back to. And but you know, you have to have a springboard. And Cairns, the outdoors, the you know, the reef and the beaches and the fishing mm. and the waterfalls and everything, it's great. But you've got to move on. And it's great to go back there a lot, which you guys do. Yeah, you know. But it's uh, you you have to see the world. And and yeah, like, I think that's a big thing is like just have that open mind, you know. Like, mm. and, and man, I can't imagine what it would have been like when you were first traveling to like your first overseas trip. I I, I bet that was a trip, you know. Calamity. Like, now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nowadays it's like you got fucking iPads on the screen the yeah. whole time you can get Wi-Fi and text people and yeah. it's like were they smoking so... in the plane? oh yeah I got a really good <laughs> story sure. yeah yeah <laughs> there was, sure. yeah, there was a, a, a story we were coming back from the world championship there was Michael Ronning um, Rodney Mears and I and we we were in London somewhere we we run a late typical you know and we got back we got to the airport Heathrow way too late I think we only had 20 minutes to board and then we were trying to like where can we sit and they go where do you what do you mean where can you sit you know you're sitting down the back and there was three seats right at the back of the plane and as we walked in it was that was a smoking section you know and it was just like like the planes like this but then it goes you know you go through this fog 
And it was like a wall, a blue wall. You're looking. And because everybody's bored, they've got nothing to do. They're smoking. They're chain smoking. And they're constantly smoking. This is before the plane's taken off, you know. And we got down the back. And I remember about three of us, we sat like this in the back of the plane. And about probably about an hour in, uh, Rodney Mears being Rodney Mears was really just over this lady in front chain smoking. And he had his, you know, he's had his headphones in. And he just got them and just threw them over the seat. <laughs> went over it and he just got it and he's pulled back like that <laughs> and he's lifted he's just leaned back like that she screamed and there was you know people came he said I don't security know security came yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. flogged him yeah. she didn't smoke for a while but um, the way he did that you know and then he just acted like I don't know I was looking for I don't know what happened to him you know? and, yeah, anyway, that, that just blows my mind like I fly a, a lot and like you can't even fucking land with your dash thing down no no let alone like but you got a matches or a cigarette lighter <laughs> in, in a plane that's 40 years 30 years old that have evolution. not technology yeah evolution is a fucking trip <laughs> like literally like it's fucking blows my mind like i i was just at an eye appointment and i had to have a mask i'm like what how many years ago you were smoking <laughs> <laughs> how about this i went to the dentist the other day and stupid me you know everybody's wearing a mask and i walked in sat down i said am i supposed to wear a mask and the dentist goes you're at a dentist Oh, that's right. <laughs> we better work on your teeth. <laughs> but they've all got masks on. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Mike Tyson in a plane the other day? No. Nah. We go find that. We got it. Oh, have you watched it? Nah. Mike Tyson beat the shit out of some dude on a plane oh, the other really? day. Oh, yeah. That'd be terrifying. You could yeah. not watch, watch this. This guy was just being a piece of shit to him. Oh, just like into him? Oh, Mike. Yeah, yeah. This, look at him and he's, and he's got his mate like making a video the dude's fucking blind oh no and then yeah, wonder, he's just pestering him man some people have a legitimate like this is having a death wish fast forward a bit right opportunity yeah okay yeah. he's just carrying on oh neck minute Fucking! <laughs> <laughs> that's a sixty-year-old man. That's just flogging the oh. absolute. Look at him. Oh, that's but that's what he was chasing. That, that's yeah. dude. Hey, he, play silly games, win silly prizes. Exactly. Yeah. How fucking funny is that? Yeah, I didn't know if you'd seen that. Nah, you know me. I don't really. Mm, hectic imagine <laughs> imagine fucking being stuck on a plane sitting behind Mike Tyson for an entire flight after he just fucking bashed you, you. And then yeah. it, how many views has that got 11 million views oh, on TMZ enough. well they, yeah fucking silly bugger I can, yeah but smoking on a plane <laughs> crazy that that was actually a thing once mm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh yeah, come a long way. People I think we we were talking about this. I think like many years ago, where we're like the evolution where like kids didn't experience certain things. Mm. Like I never experienced. Like we were on like the home phone, you know, the home phone mm. age. Like yeah, we never yeah. did the typewriters. We never did. Like it was me. Me and you were talking about it. It was hilarious. Like all the things that like certain kids just grew up without experiencing yeah. yeah it's just a trip but, but it's a mannerisms of things that go that with the that. things that go with that yeah, I, 100%. you know i remember mum 
hanging the clothes on the line yeah. and the phone rings drops everything <laughs> clothes are in the like the clothes land on the in the ground on the uh, you know on the grass in the mud and sprinting yeah. to the phone yeah, no like you've bait. got like six seconds where yeah. the house is going to explode you know like, <laughs> like that you know and now it's like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah side button screen oh, yeah fuck. you know it's crazy just imagine, how that works imagine telling your mum then that one day people would just choose to to turn all their notifications <laughs> off. <laughs> like, fucking do not disturb. Yeah, well, that's the thing, What's man. What's the like, point of having a phone the then? The crazy Glenn? thing is now, these days, you don't control your phone. The phone controls you yeah. 100%. Yeah. And if you think it doesn't without you having notifications on, you're fucking delusional. Like, you are at the mercy of that thing. Unless it's, you know... But where, back in the old days, you had full control over everything you were doing, you know? Like, there were instances where the phone would ring and you'd be like, oh, fuck, I've got to... You know, it could be mum, it could be dad. Like, yeah, well, it was important. That you, yeah, it yeah. was obviously someone was calling you. Yeah. Well, they were it cost a lot of money. It was long distance. It was even more. Yeah, yeah. and what was it to make a call? Like, you know, the phone bill. Like, oh, you. Yeah, it yeah. was expensive to make calls. Mm. So it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was actually like, yeah, yeah, like if the phone rang, you got it. Nowadays, it's like, it's it's just crazy. Like, I love. I always catch myself thinking about all that sort of stuff, and mm. it kind of like. It sort of like goes back to like, you know, how just how simple life used to be. And now like so many people are chasing that simplicity. It's like we've gone through this cycle of like mm. uncontrollable distractions and mm. uncontrolled, unnecessary like. Well, it's just like, it's just like chocolate. It tastes real good. But at some point you're eating chocolate. Then you go like, fuck, I need a drink of water so bad. I can't yeah. eat another yeah. piece of fucking chocolate. And, and it's just, yeah. and that's, that's probably what the phone but, is. But don't days. you think we're going to like, you know, when you look at it in, in uh, you know, it, it's an era. Yeah. You know, like usually some, usually if you, the alcoholic parents, the kid's, you know, go. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah, want to be an alcoholic. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you know that's an extreme case. So you know, and they don't drink. So it could be like you know, this is happening all yeah. the time, and maybe people are looking. I don't want to be like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's so what's starting to happen. Maybe for me, flick, you I know? think too. Like I heard on, on um, I was on YouTube the other day, and Pulp had Jet on there, and and RC made like this comment. I don't know if you know who Jet Lawrence. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Jet, very much so. RC made a comment. And he was like, um, you know it concerns me about like social media and its distractions. And his response was, Hey man, like I was born in 2003. Don't yeah, quote yeah. me on that. And I was born with like this, this shit. Like mm. I was like when Facebook was around, like I was born when Facebook was around essentially. So like, it's no different. No big deal. Like yeah. it's not a distraction to yeah. me. So like, that's the crazy thing. I think for like mine and Jace, like our age, we were kind of like on the the start of that whole thing like my mm. business was built at the start of it not social media as a, as yeah, a whole yeah. but like certain platforms yeah and it's just it's just bam it's just crazy how like it can now be like normality but i think for us it's it sort of brings our attention because we had a taste of like yeah, what we've it was lived without it without so it. i think for us it's kind of like we're on that cusp of being like all right you're either in or you're out like yeah. the and i find myself i've i deactivate my instagram for like nine months like periods of time where i'll be on there i'll be off there i have every device i won't and i think that comes from like our age you know where we we weren't fully immersed Mm. but then we did have instances the clothesline and the home phone and yeah the modem and the dial up and the like Mm. you know it's fucking it's just unreal i love i love sort of thinking about that and and i guess these times when we 
sit in this room collectively with people I love and trust are the only times it comes to surface. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of makes sense of like why you are a certain way in certain mm. instances. Well, even for me, when I started filming, there was like YouTube, Vimeo was the thing. Like, yes, it was. Vimeo yeah, yeah. was way totally. better than YouTube. Yeah. So like all my shit that I did originally was like put on Vimeo back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's like even, and oh, I remember just being on the, fucking social media bicycle for years like literally years trying to convince mm. people that social media was going to be a thing and that your best course of action the best thing that you could do for your sponsored writers was pay me to make a video about them mm. and put it on the internet and that was literally like telling them that fucking they should use square wheels that, yeah, right. that's, yeah that's that's the way mm. that you know or like my entry into into filming and you know the business side of things so yeah it is crazy to think that we did come from a generation of yeah. no no phones at all. Yeah, and, and like like anything, it'll find its own path. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. I mean, uh, how do you how do you like? It must be like a fucking trip for you too, you know. Like, but you've, you've always been on the tech, the tech edge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. always. Yeah. yeah, but that that's only new, you know. Like you've experienced so much in your life, and like you've you know you've created such an you've got such amazing spirit and you've got such great morals and I mm. think that comes from not being on a device. Mm. Well, all the stuff that you did before. Yeah. Well, well we were talking about it before at lunch, you know, it's like, it, it's it's where you, you know, like, you know, where you're grazing, you know, yeah. Yeah, or, or, yeah. you know, you're grazing on knowledge or you're grazing on mm. sour grapes, you know, or, you know. You, yeah. Yeah. Creature Good ideas, bad ideas. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a knowledge-based thing. Yeah. I, look, it's... Yeah. Well, you just received a lot of hate online recently that you had to deal with. Oh, that was horrific, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about it? Oh, Glenn had a viral TikTok. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, fucking driving his 300 series, brand new 300 series without a snorkel through a river crossing in Cape York. That was clearly don't know who Glenn Wait, It blew up on fucking, we're talking on the phone and yeah. like, he's refreshed. He's like, it's got 35,000 fucking views, Jason. <laughs> now it's 40. And while we talked, it went from 35 to 45. Yeah, and then, like, and then he's yeah. like, look at all these who the fuck are these people that are commenting this shit one person's calling me a fuckwit telling me I don't know how to drive he was like oh, God, how do I delete it and make it stop yeah. it was glad, crazy just glad the other day he's like telling me about this 300 series he's like oh man you know you know when you're driving a car and you're on the bitumen you're going pretty quick and you, you just you go on the dirt and you just feel the car better. And I'm like, how the fuck is that even possible? But it is. It is. It is. Like, you, if you start to get loose on the bitumen at whatever speed... You kind of can't, really. Well, no. Yeah. There, there is a really sharp edge yeah. that you can't go wrong. You've got to be somebody special to get loose on bitumen. But on dirt... You can do whatever, you know, well, to a point, you know. I'm going, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. I'll you. I agree. Uh, all right. Hey, we'll go for a drive. <laughs> Next time you come up, we'll go and do it. <laughs> I'll show you. We did. No. Uh, we, I need to, maybe we can put that footage out. We've got, we're going through editing some old footage that we, oh, really? that's never made. We never made the video of our, we did basically, for context, we did a, a four-day trip in eight hours with Glenn. In his last Land Cruiser, because we we went from where we go. What was that one? Oh, with Sam and Jackson, we got up in the morning oh, and yeah. went to yours, and then we went all the way. We went up to waterfalls, and then we went to Lions Den for lunch. And oh, that we one, went, yeah. yeah. Then we went down the. We did like literally a four day. That's a that's a multiple. That day was on trip the two in the two hundred. 
Yeah, and then yeah. we uh, yeah in the two hundred series. But you were notorious for fucking Toyotas, basically. Yeah, you were actually banned for buying Toyota in cans. They wouldn't let me park. How did my... that happen? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Alcohol, probably. <laughs> they wouldn't allow me to park my Hilux out front of the Toyota dealership. Yeah. <laughs> Rude <it> was... bastards. Because <laughs> it was fucked. Oh, uh, yeah, you talked to your dad about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bought it new and uh, it was one of the first, you know, when Hiluxes first came out. And um, I think I'd had it pretty well done in about four or five months. <laughs> would see, like, um, yeah, like I ran over an anchor of a boat. <laughs> One and a half kilometres out to sea. <laughs> we we're, were fishing. Wait, wasn't there one time we were, where we picked up them rocks that day, when we, that same trip, and we walked out at Cape Trib there, and you were like, See that island? I tried to drive there on a super low tide once in the highlights. Oh, that one? Yeah, yeah. That was the, had a jet ski in the back and probably had a bit too much to drink. And I said, I reckon we could get to that island. And we're going along. I was going over maybe reefy type stuff, you know. And all of a sudden, all I could see was fish. And we went in. And it, the only thing that was sticking out was like the Toyota brand, at the, like the, the tailgate. But we got it out. It was okay. But then we drove it straight. No, we towed it straight away to... A creek called Cooper's Creek, Freshwater Creek, and then went in there and parked it there. Just rinsed but, it out. Yeah, and we sat on top drinking uh, on the roof, and then then we pulled it out, and then it started. <laughs> but you had to flush the salt water out. Yeah, but the other time, yeah, um, we were fishing on a point, and we weren't catching any fish, and there's this trawler pulled up out out there, and, and we could see where the water was low, and the, you know we're sitting in it. It was sitting in a channel, and it had anchored up and everything, and we're going. Wonder if we could buy some fish off him. We've got to take something back. So we got out and we started driving out and we drove a kilometre and a half out. And uh, and the waves were coming in, they're going over the bonnet, hitting the windscreen, wipers were going like that, and it must have been water was in you know, somewhere. Anyway, it was pretty deep. And it was still going, you know, and all of a sudden it just went lurched in the air. And what the hell? My mate jumped out and he said, We're on the anchor and it just like ran up like oh. a rock and it just ran up an anchor. And the guys come out on the boat, he said, What the fuck are you guys doing? Like Miles out to see this car. But anyway, there's a lot of stories like that. But Toyota, yeah, had, yeah, you know, they've lasted well. They've, no, they really have. They, I mean, I was with your dad crossing a flooded you know, Tomatoes Creek, you know, when it was in yeah, flood, yeah, yeah. where the approaches were about a kilometre long before you get to the bridge. And we're, and they had the, you know, I think there was a council guy putting up road clothes signs, but he hadn't got to that side of the road yet. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're going in and the water, we're just pushing a bow wave and we're just seeing how high we could actually get the bow wave before it, you know, curled over and, and broke. And we couldn't see anything ahead because it was above the windscreen. It was, we were pushing it really, really, you know, at a nice pace. Anyway, it broke and we're moving. And there's this guy, he's probably about standing in this deep water. And as we came up, and typical your dad style, you know, he was always always one for this, but pulled up slowly and the guy goes, what the fuck are you doing? I said, oh, we're just going out the bridge. He said, you know, you're going to fuck the diffs and everything in this car. I went, oh, yeah. And I drove off and Pete goes, oi. And I stopped and he looked at He said, not your car. <laughs> we just sung out this guy. But it just kept, I don't know where it was getting air. It was just kept on going. And that was a, you know, that was the first original Hilux four-wheel drive. And to this day, yeah, bloody amazing. But yeah, they've been pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of great different brands out there and great vehicles, but uh, Toyota's, yeah, it, it, they go well. And this new one's really, <laughs> they did a good job with it. Yeah, so you got so you got some hate online though for apparently just, what, what was the one comment was like, 
you'll fuck that truck or something like <laughs> but that. But the water was this deep. It was only like, yeah, six inches deep. I like, just don't think um, most people, I think most people that buy a 300 are like kind of soccer mums these days though. It's sort of gone away from the advanced four-wheel drive kind of guys. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, you know, it's like what we're talking about, like the, you know, the what do you call like it? The, the spectrum. Spectrum, you know. You got, mm. yeah, soccer mum and you get, you know, rock crawlers, mud pigs and all that and anywhere in between, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Probably a lot of people like I think like the two hundreds copped it. Mm. Well, when the you know when people drove one hundreds and the two hundreds came out, everybody you know gave them hell. Yeah, <laughs> and a yeah. lot of people do you tow the caravans with them, and you know, but a lot of people do have them set up well. Um, the same thing will happen with the three hundred, but they've done an amazing job with it. The new one, oh, you can tell the difference between the two hundred. Totally, really, totally, nothing like it. Nothing like it. it's 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 lighter, it's quicker. It, it's planted, but yet nimble. Um, everything about it's amazing, and that suspension they, you know, that comes out with it. Um, I think it's only on a couple of models. Yeah, so not quite sure, kinetic or something, or yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe wrong word for it. But anyway, it's a it's a good it's really cool the suspension. But it goes like anything, pushes you back in the seat. It's nothing like the two hundred. And uh, at the moment, people will say V eight V eight, and it's great. And you don't know. You don't know, you know, is it going to be faulty? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, it's a V6 and it, it goes well and it's the future. It's just a beautiful vehicle and we're going up to Cape York in September in it, I think. Can Your mum's going to drive it. Oh, it's mum driving it? Yeah, in August, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty sick. Well, she's she's one of the four cars going up as a support vehicle. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm. yeah, that'd be good. Um, what was Cairns, how would you describe Cairns when you were like 18 to 25? Like what was it? Uh, how did you see Cairns? Oh, it's a playground. Because that's kind of the vibe I yeah. get. Is that it was just you guys were just like, fuck, look at this joint. We just get to run a mark. Yeah, I, I think it's like um, like New Zealand, how New Zealand is sort of now. Mm. You know, um, But you could go, just come out of your house on a motorbike and just go through cane fields and old roads and you know copper load was dirt and the dam wasn't there and you know you'd just go forever and the same with four-wheel drives in fact we had a love of four-wheel drives uh halfway through our motorbike phase you know when you you know we've all experienced this where you're going for a ride on a motorbike and you pull up and you know you're talking we've talked about this with the, the adventure bikes you know mm. you pull up and then you go back oh did you see that log back there what happened back there and this and that and you yeah. know you, there's probably a hundred things that happen you want to talk to each other about like those freedom things, they, what are they called freedom? What are they, um, oh, the yeah, helmets you put yeah, in the helmets yeah, for adventure yeah, bikes, yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah. you're actually just talking to each other. But anyway, you pull up and you, you just talk about what happened, that how deep was that creek. But in a four-wheel drive, you're all in in together in the vehicle yeah. and you're doing nearly the same thing as a it's motorbike. It's like real time. It's real time. Yeah. And you're all going, you know, like you're frothing on what's happening right there and then, mm. where a motorbike, it's individual. Yeah. And you have to remember all the rad things when you pulled up 20 kilometers down the road and say that's so true eh? yeah, i haven't thought yeah, of it like that yeah that's why those you know i, don't, I forget what they're called what are they called the intercom deals Inter yeah, like, um what's the name there's that one brand that's fucking awesome i think we're gonna start doing some stuff with them so good i probably need to remember their name because <laughs> you're just talking yeah you know yeah you, you, anyway yeah now, so anyway uh yeah the whole motorcycle mountain bike thing uh motor, motorcycle and four-wheel drive thing was great but we rode mountain bikes down a lot of those tracks before we got into uh, motorbikes too so we just had these bastardized whatever they were and just ripping down copper load actually and that was fun 
So that that was like kind of the the start of, or I guess like everything that you did kind of branched off just like adventures around yeah. around Cairns. Yeah, just going and doing stuff because, as you know, Cairns itself isn't that, you know, it's just a town on a flat sort of bit of land. But everything that where around you guys it. lived, you know, you were always up in the mountains, weren't you? You know, you were all up, mm. up the back of Edmonton and everything. So that was the thing. We had beaches, we had the reef, we had mountains, waterfalls, and you just go there. Yeah, and play. And it's nearly the same. It's just a little bit further now to go. Because and, and what about like uh, the isolation? Because I mean, we felt isolated when we grew up, and there was way more connectivity to the rest of the country, and you mm. know, even just the rest of the world in general. But what did it was it another level again? Totally. Like, back then? like you just would have just felt completely on your own. Yeah, we did, but. Um yeah, it, like to go to Townsville was a big deal. Yeah. And to go to Brisbane, we, we'd drive to a supercross. We'd leave a, a, on a th- Friday afternoon and get in a car and drive. And your dad would come too. We'd drive to a supercross on a Saturday night, Saturday night. So we'd finish work on a Friday afternoon and be back for work Monday morning. And that's a big epic on in anybody's book anyway, you know. But mm. you guys would probably do that while you're growing up. Yeah, we did, we did a lot of that. Yeah. Who, who was the, uh, like, the original, if, in terms of the moto scene up there, like, who were some of the OG dudes that kind of, like, kick-started the scene that maybe got, like, you into it? Because how did, how did you get into into dirt bikes originally? Oh, my mate next door bought one, Eddie Hayes. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And was he bought it, a, So Eddie was your next-door neighbour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't and, know uh, Yeah, uh, he had an XR 70 five i think so i bought an sl125 uh yeah so he we and we had land forever out the backs and that was fun and we got into that and then as we went along you know there was the whole explosion of motorbikes in around that same time but there's people like john penelligan and yeah, uh yeah. you know rusty reese of course and yeah. uh, it just goes on there's so many people that were local hosea zorio and people that were out riding old you know mining roads up around cooktown way out miles away exploring on these things so again the spectrum there was people doing adventure stuff and there's people doing motocross and trail rides and in those early days there was a lot going on and Cairns really exploded there more than anywhere else I knew of in Queensland because it was just so much diversity yeah you know a lot of the rainforest and the, the dry country and everything like that yeah because I think for I guess people that haven't been there um, it's there's such a diverse landscape within yeah. like a couple of hours. Probably, probably some of the most diverse in Australia. Maybe would have to like be. I don't know that there'd be many people like many places in in Australia that would have that within you draw four hours. Mm. You know, like what you can well, see. An hour, an hour. You're <laughs> yeah. somewhere, and 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 uh, and and now the exciting thing is that there's. In a couple of pockets, there's one pocket has about 200k a single track. Yeah. Another pocket has 200k a single track, and you know, it, you know, it. Bloody hell, that what, didn't exist before. Was that when did, was the first vision of yours of what trails could be like in Cairns? Um, I don't know if the again I think it was a fluid organic approach. I, yeah, know, like it just um, happened sort of over time. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Well, we didn't know. Uh, we were we built a trail for the Queensland Championships uh, around AJ Hackett Bungie. Yeah, and we just thought that's what you did because I came from a you know, motorbike background, so you had trails, so you just actually build them. And, and when everybody came to race that, we were lucky to have a lot of the UCI and head 
you know, people from Melbourne and Sydney and everything came came to that event because it was in Cairns. It was like, let's go there. It's a holiday. A holiday, place, yeah. You know? So let's go to this Queensland Championship. And uh, the first thing that came back was, you know, we're riding on single track. We usually ride on dirt roads. So is that what it was before? Like, is that what downhill kind of was originally? It's just like taped off fire roads and you just kind of went yeah. from the bottom of a fire road to the top of a fire road. Oh, downhill. Uh, so yeah, the yeah. top to the bottom. Yeah, we, we <laughs> Wade and, and, you know, Lions and all them, we went to the Australian Championships in Canberra and we were training like anything, you know, like, you know, the steepest, nastiest, tracks you know just off cliffs everywhere because we thought that's what the australian downhill championships would be and we cut our seats right now seat posts right down because the seats had to be bloody yeah. right up against the frame because we're going down and we turned up there and it started at the top of a hill and went down on the dirt road and these guys were peddling, you know, <laughs> like hang on that's not what we're here for you know and it's a funny story about that we we had piled up in a, a rental car again you know like drove from cairns down there all of us piled up in a rent a Tarago and uh, shoved all our bikes in there somehow. And, and on the way back, we were trying to work out who can we sell these mountain bikes to, you know, because <laughs> this is not our sport. Really? If that's what it is, that's not us. Holy, you know? that and is that, sick. And that's within only being may, maybe maybe seven, eight months in, in the, into the, the activity, the sport of mountain biking. And because uh, we had just gone to the Australian Championships and that, this is not us. This is not. We thought mountain biking was something else. Yeah. So uh, somewhere around Mackay, uh, between Mackay and Town, from Canberra, yeah, a long way, and we were we were working out. Oh yeah, I can offload mine to this person. They'll buy that, and we were just going to get. We didn't know what we were going to get into. <laughs> it's going you know? in paper. But by the time we got to you know nearly nearly home, a couple of us went. Hang on, why don't we're so far away from anybody? Just do uh, everybody else. Why don't we just do what we do? Yeah. We don't need to go to away to races and we thought about well we were having so much fun doing what we were doing dropping off cliffs and doing that type of shit i remember one thing you know um somebody said like you know a hill is so steep if a tree grows on it that oh, must be okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it mustn't be that steep if a tree can grow on it and we'd be out looking for stuff like that but um yeah, so we said, well, look, we, why don't we just do what we do? We're in a cocoon. We're so far away from anywhere else. Let's just do what we do yeah. and leave it at that. We don't have to go away racing at all or anything. And that's what we did. That's so sick. And that we filmed it at the same time. Mm. You know, so. so what was the what was the first like downhill trail track that you guys Cranda. built? So Karanda is Karanda, the OG. Karanda. Yeah, Karanda. <sighs> and it's still probably the best one. Yeah, and really you, you talk like. to Tracy and she's up there, you know, and, and you know, they go and ride on and there's a, quite a few variations of the track now yeah yeah but um yeah Coranda and and you know that came from a motorcycle era we had a race a two-day enduro and it went up there a motorcycle you know and it was part of a, you know a, a road section and it was just a shortcut and it was an old rain it was the old range road yeah back right. in the 1800s or something like that so when we started and we were you know a bit not a bit of a story but before that we were pushing our bikes up the top of these hills everywhere and riding down. I was like, it was around the same time Queensland was humming and harring about, uh, you know, um, should we have uh, daylight saving? You know, and we're <laughs> that going, old chestnut. Fuck no, you know, because we're riding in the afternoon. Don't take our light away from us, you know. Anyway, um, it, it, they no, no more daylight saving. We've gone, shit, we've only got this amount of time to push our bikes to the top of that hill and ride down. And we got thinking... 
wouldn't it be good if you could actually put your bikes in a car and drive to the top of a hill somewhere? And we started thinking and, and we're going, shit, I know this old motorbike track and it's at Coranda, a long way away from Cairns, you know, 15-minute drive, 20-minute drive. <laughs> yeah. And we've gone up there and we start, started walking down the track. And I know the first two or three times uh, walking down, I got lost. But there is a lesson to what happened when we got to the top for the first time. I was with a couple of friends and uh, there was three of us. And we drove our car to the top and left the car at the bottom and we started looking for this, you know, this track that was around 10 years before on motorbikes. You know, we started looking and we looked over the edge and one of my friends who was with me um, looked over there. And because the grass was this high... Because you got all that guinea grass All there, the guinea right? grass yeah. everywhere. He goes, nah, there won't be anything in there. And fucked off. And my other mate said, nah, let's keep, let's keep looking. But right th- that day, it taught me a really good lesson is that don't ever worry about what's in front of you. You can't see the outcome. Mm. And if you believe in the outcome, it's going to come. Yeah. But if stuff is right there in front of you, don't worry about that. Yeah. You know, just because you haven't, you can't find the answer yeah. today, Yeah. you will find it. Doesn't answer. mean it's not there. Exactly. Yeah. Jason's we, got a great analogy with that. Like yeah. It's like driving a car. If you look at the windscreen, oh, yeah, it's right. hard to drive the car. But if you look through the windscreen, <laughs> it makes it way easier to drive the car if you look at the big picture. You know, like if you're driving, you're that's fucking, a good way of looking at it. Look at yeah, that. a cool, bug right? on the windscreen a foot away, you can't see fucking anything. Yeah, yeah. It makes it real hard to drive. But if you look, as soon as you look through it, you see the big picture. Huh. Well, same thing. Yeah. So after about three times, uh, you know, we found it and we started riding it and we held a race straight away, like within a two weeks. We rode it, rode it, and we said, why don't we all see who's quick? You know, who's the quickest and everything? And uh, we just put a poster out. Wade and I did a poster up and, it was, uh, you know, we had 22 people turn up. And two of those 20, or oh, probably five of those 22 people, but two of those people was uh, AJ Hackett and Henry Van Ash. Yeah, and right. they were building the bungee tower. And they turned up in all these, you know, nice GTs and everything like that. And uh, they influenced us to go, hang on, there's other people that can do this type of riding. Yeah. You know, so, and that's where that started. Yeah. So that was the first downhill. Yeah. That's crazy. That, yeah, yeah the whole thing makes a lot of sense in terms mm-hmm. of like going down to, Canberra and being super disappointed that it wasn't the the terrain because mm. like I remember I'd only ever rode mountain bikes in Cairns and mm. that's just the most spoiled unless you're in Whistler or you know something sure. like that I don't know that you can grow up in a better place for mountain bikes mm. and I just remember anywhere in the world that I went and rode mountain bikes it wasn't Cairns until Derby come along and a couple other places I was just like that's fucking shit <laughs> like, I'm not riding here. This is garbage. Like, yeah, yeah. where's the rocks? Where's the roots? Where's the fuck? Like, you know, where's the drops? Where's the cliffs? Because I just that was normal, you yeah. know. But then you see what what most people or like what most mountains kind of have to offer. Because mm. I guess that's really the, the well, yeah. It's also, I mean, it's the people too. Mm. You know, a lot of those sort of terrains do exist in places. It's just, mm. you know. I mean, it's different now, you know, because it's a thing. It's a legal thing that you have to, you know, you can't go doing that. But that was then. And then, so what's the progression from there? Like, and so, so we Mm. then you built the Queensland Championships track. Yeah, yeah. And then, what was the reaction when people started coming from all over the? Well, what happened? Yeah, they they really liked that track. And one person, well, I didn't know who it was, but he was head of the uh, the Australian Mountain Bike Association, going, "We really like this, and we're thinking about getting a Grundig World Cup to Australia." And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what Grundig was. It's a you know, um, electronic brand from Germany, I think, you know, and they were sponsoring World Cups. So I didn't know what a World Cup was. We'd have these magazines of people racing, but we didn't really. So, what year would this have been? Uh, 92. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
92. So they're saying, look, Australia's been looking at getting a World Cup, but because Australia is out of sync with the rest of the world, as in, uh, you know, winter here is summer over there. Yeah. So yeah. to have a summer uh, race, uh, yeah. yeah, the summer series, the international, like between Europe and, and, and yeah. uh, America, Europe, Europe and North America, would have to be summer. in Australia's winter. Exactly. And where you, can you do it in, in Australia in winter? In winter? Cairns. Cairns. And that's, no that's what they were battling on, you know. And everybody goes, why Why didn't they bring the World Cups to Threadbow or Mount Bullock? Well, because it's bloody winter. Yeah, you know? So yeah. that's when they started looking and when they saw that. Sorry, were you still it? sign writing at that oh, time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's crazy. Yeah. For yeah. you to have like, you know, those two different types of, you know, like obviously that was your income, your bread and butter, and then obviously this comes along. Yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy. That's what the bank manager said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but what it is, is your mind, you know, there's a thing that you have to do to make money. Definitely. And there's a thing that you, we're talking about procrastination and stuff like that. That's why procrastination exists. Yeah. You know, because you're actually pushing against what you don't really. Yeah. There's a there's a fight know. going on between what you want to yeah. do and what you don't want to exactly. do. Exactly. Well, what's desire, desire, they say, it's, there's a, uh, desire is a contract you make to unhappiness until you obtain what it is you're desiring yeah right i don't yeah, think i said that wrong no, right? no but, a, yeah. but it's it's true like it makes so much fucking sense and some subconsciously too yeah yeah well yeah. even just to sidestep that a little bit is in the early days of riding we couldn't work out why mountain biking was so good we couldn't work out why it made you feel so fucking good all your problems, as soon as you got on a bike, all your problems went away. Mm. Everything, you know, bank manager and all the things yeah. and shit that goes on in your life day you're to present. day. And hey? you're present. It's like... Yeah, well, that's what we thought. And, and it's really close to that. Yeah. And that's what we did think. But then later on, you think about it, it's actually you haven't got time to think about anything. Because yeah. if you're not focusing on where you, that front tire is going... You're on the ground. Yeah. So you're fully focused. Like mountain biking is different to it's, say road cycling. No, because it's long. Depending on the trail you are and how fast you're going and stuff like that, but you really have to know where you're going. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you have to be aware of what you're doing on a bike, mm. or on a trail, and, yeah. and and you that brings you into the moment yeah, straight away. Incredible. And then they, they talk. What do they call it? They absorbed, a sense of flow or absorbed flow. They yeah, call absorbed that. flow. Man, I had remember it was like a oh it was years ago. It was when Ricky's mum was crook, and yeah. I was up and I yeah. stayed at home for those few months, and we were doing heaps of riding. I had like a legit out of body experience huh. riding slipperies that that day. Oh. It was the first time I'd rode it. Yeah. I think I rode it when I was younger, but like I couldn't remember it. And I'd been riding a bit, so I was wanted to have a crack. And I remember riding this trail and like fully having like an out of body experience because of exactly what you just said. I was concentrating so fucking much <laughs> on that track because it's literally oh. ten minute run of just roots crazy roots everywhere and it's in a thick canopy so it's and, always and, and that slippery and wet yeah. and I I got down the bottom of it and uh, Glenn popped out and we were sort of talking and I was like fully had to catch up with what just happened because like I, it was one of the cra most crazy experiences of just like being out of body and it wasn't until I started doing jujitsu that I would have that over, like I do. That's every time for me now when I do jujitsu, yeah. like because it's so like someone's trying, someone trying to joke yeah. you. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. You've, got, you've got to be on your fucking p's and q's. But yeah, I remember that that trail particularly that feeling. I was just like, wow, that's what happens. You're gone. Like yeah. you just leave the fucking you leave the leave the uh, reservation because you can't do anything other than try not to die. 
And if that's happening on a daily basis, yeah. what you do on a daily basis to make money, if that's not like that, mm. which one are you going to lean to? Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, not all, it's not always going to work right for a lot of people. You just, you know, you've got to have a way of um, monetizing it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but not in a greedy way. You know, yeah, you've just yeah. got to make, make how, how, do, how do we make this work? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're not asking yourself that question. Your subconscious is asking you 100%. that question. You know, it's like, how, how, do, how do we make this work? You know, and again, things get thrown out, you know, ahead of you, you know, like a cast net. Little yeah. cast nets get thrown out and they pull in little things and all of a sudden, a couple of years later, you're going down that road, you know. So um, what was the question? <laughs> the, uh, the first, uh, the Queensland. Yeah, well, oh, I guess yeah. like, and then the back, I guess back further was like when you, when you sort of started to see a vision of like, oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. this this could actually kind of be a yeah. thing, you know. No, like, it was about the, the, the UCI bringing a world yeah, champs. Yeah, yeah, world champs. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, you went way back. Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that was. Um, so anyway, they so they rode a trail. They rode trails that they thought this would be great. And um, I remember the guy um, said, he said, I can I can see John Tomac, and I can see uh, Juliana Furtado riding these trails. Mm. He said, it gives me goosebumps even thinking about it, that they could be riding in Australia on these trails. And within a year, we're in France. And at the World Championship, seeing how it, all this thing worked, you know, and, and within another, that was uh, September, and within another six months, we had a World Cup in Cairns. How close was what was going on at that, that first World Cup? How close was it to what you guys were doing locally? Well, uh, at the France one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, the first World Cup in Cairns, from the time we threw our legs over a mountain bike, legit mountain bike, uh, was four years. Yeah. No, yeah. but as in like when, yeah. in France, like what what they were riding. Was that still fire roads and was like that boring? Still like, yeah, really? No way. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I know the first world champs in Cairns was yeah. it, it, like it's historical. Like, yeah. like it blew people's minds. It blew people's minds. And yeah. try and pull up some footage of like Cairns yeah, world champs. Hey, you might want to go for a whiz. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, go. Do I've it. had two already, but I'll, no, I'll yeah. go out to the toilet. This yeah, it's just down there up. Don't go in my office. It's not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Don't piss on me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. No, we want. We need downhill. Downhill. Fucking let's go. Oh, Crankworks. I reckon we get an Airbnb, get a sick house, go it's the same. It's the same weekend as Bathurst and Miller's um, Miller's wedding. Oh, fuck. Unless I just buy it all and do that. Oh, look at this. No way. Senior men downhill, 1996 world champs. Oh, no, this is cross country. Fucking hell. Get rid of this. Downhill Cairns, 1996. Hectic. How good was the TV package? All the <laughs> it's all yeah. Come to the reef. Swim with the fishes. How good is this? Women elite downhill. No, let's go to the boys. That's, that's downhill. Oh, yeah, that's this women. is chicks though. Fuck! It's just the same jungle, eh? Obviously, that doesn't change in twenty <laughs> years. 
can't wait to actually. Power bar. Really, they were... Sp- oh, 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 oh. Ronan, you would have been... You wouldn't even... How old are you, Ronan? In 96. Three. Negative. Nah, he wasn't even fucking born. What? <laughs> what year were you born? 2002. Fuck me. <laughs> we were just saying, Ronan wasn't it, even pause born. Pause it at the elite men. Oh, look at that. Ronan wasn't even born when this was happening. Oh, sorry, mate. You little spring chicken. Yeah, new to it, you know. <laughs> just new to the earth, thank how was your wee? Oh, I needed that, mate. Like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. You don't have to wait, eh? You can just go. Yeah, yeah. So talk us through this. Uh, I think that's Basta Beaver. Actually, he got third uh, in a in the downhill run. But there's a rock garden. That's all. There's the twins. That's Sean Palmer. Um, oh, he was a deal. Right? He, he changed. He changed mountain biking forever. That guy he changed just, a lot of sport. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just from being him, yeah. And that's what's really rad. Nicholas Vullier there. Oh, that's um, awesome. So between. Yeah, my God, there's Grund again. And, you know, to this day, you know, still sort of... It doesn't look much different. No, it's, it's nearly the same. And, and to this day, the, the only thing... There's John T- uh, Tomac, I think. Uh, or could have been Lopes. Yeah, that's really a number one plate, yeah. So he only beat Palmer by, you know, 0.03 of a second. Wow. And everybody goes, oh, they, he got him on the, on you know, on got the him on the, and pedaled it. No, yeah. but he didn't. Palmer said, I know where he got me. And somewhere that he just made a slip somewhere. Yeah, right. You know, up in the bush. And it wasn't it wasn't um Sean Palmer was actually quicker on the on the finish straight, I believe, you know. Um but yeah, what a what a massive, um, massive th- there's Basta Beaver. Yeah. So yeah, that was Vulio, Palmer and and Basta Beaver. Yeah. And look it, it's uh you know, to this day, like when you know, a lot of people had a hand in suggesting what where the track, you know, we walked that hill forever. Yeah. Um and uh, we all came up with different solutions, but they all the, everything spat out a little bit too far from the village, and it was that two hundred and fifty meter slug on the end. You know, it was a flat finish. Yeah, you know, yeah. Was, yeah. And and you know, we were reassured by the UCI. It's cycling. It's mountain biking is part of cycling, and that should be part of it. You know, and yeah. uh, so they um, wanted that little sprint sort of finish thing. Yeah, I mean, and at the same time, we we really battled to find. A good finish mm. without throwing the budget out the door and building a whole new sort of section. And and look, first time we ever actually used a rubber track excavator was you know building a section called Cloud. Uh, um, yeah, um, no vines mm. uh, up there. And before that, it was all hand cut. You know, so look, uh, and it was a big money to do that and everything. So um, we just went with that and. You know, there's a big, big pedal to the finish and that sort of, you know, dogs you for a long time. You know, go, oh, what a bugger, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was such a beautiful hill. And also it had two uphills in it, but you're doing 80 kilometres an hour, so they weren't really uphills, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. They were like G-outs. And I think that really added to the flavour of the downhill. But it had everything. It had dry, you know, sclerophyll, you know, eucalyptus and jungle. And before there was no such thing called, there was no such thing as a rock garden before that rock garden. That's crazy, yeah. eh? We call it Gibbers and Girlies, you know. That's a you know traditional owner's name for rocks. We just call that Gibbers and Girlies. And somebody from the US called it Rock Gardens. And I don't know who. They said, oh, yeah, you're riding through that rock garden. And that was it. And rock gardens came from there, you know. It was really cool. And it's the same as the, you know, the shark at the start, you know. There wasn't any start houses mm. before then, you know, that big shark's head. Really? Mm, yeah. That's insane. So what was the... 
when the, that event, like the mm. after party, like what was the vibe? Was it a buzz? That, like, was that a feeling that mountain biking changed that yeah. weekend? It changed, you know, um, it changed from for a lot of reasons, I suppose. You know, um, even one of the things is like uh, it, it, it showed people, uh, athletes, that you can go somewhere and if you've got a flat tire on the hill during a race run, they didn't care. They're going to the reef. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're yeah. in a, a beautiful place. And I think that that's where we are now with mountain biking. You know, mountain biking should be in really beautiful places to do a lot of things. But, um, yeah, that, that really changed, uh, yeah, on a lot of levels. You know, um, the the team village, putting a swimming pool in the in the village area and so people, the athletes could swim around uh, and you're out in a big grass paddock. And, yeah, just, just setting up how that – you know, the, the team tents were laid out and, you know, just like the open plan and everything. So, yeah, it was, it was different. And within, I think, five months, I was offered a job to work for the UCI. And that's when I moved over to Switzerland. So That's so yeah. crazy. Did, mm. did you think that your life was going to change that after that weekend or, like, did you no. think nothing of it? No. It was just part of what we we're doing. We actually, surprisingly enough, we were going, okay, that was a world championship. That was fun. Um, let's let's really make the Triple R something, you know, which was, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, which race. is now the th- in its 30th year this yeah, year. But, right. but um, yeah, and so the call was quite unexpected, yeah. So just completely out of the blue, yep. got a phone call, hey, we want you to be the track builder for the UCI. Yeah, yeah. Really developed like Four Cross, which is in before that it was Jewel, which is yeah, Jewel Slalom. Yeah, they, well, it was they wanted to get rid of Jewel Slalom and do it more like um, uh, have it more sort of argy bargy elbows. Yeah, you yeah, know, like two riders on one track, and we had been doing that quite a few years before. We were actually having four to six riders on one track, um, and we called it. What do we call it? Mountain Cross. Yeah, you just had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad took us on more. Yeah, I had vague, super vague memories. Yeah, Mountain Cross. And you had it in the the light set up there. Yeah, yeah, Night Mountain Cross. Yeah, I remember it. Like, we would have been very, very young. Yeah. But, like, that's when, like, Palmsy was like, yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was. Um, The Carol, um, that sort of, yeah. Rennie and all those. Yeah, Yeah, it was like, it was like, like, the fuck is like fight night. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was literally like cage fighting. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. fucking yeah. like we were yeah. walking through some bush and like dad's like you know got his puggers and his six oh yeah, fighting. X, yeah, you know like yeah, it was steamy fun. mosquitoes. I, I snakes, only got yeah. vague memories of mm. it, but it was fucking mental. Yeah, yeah. It was a party. Yeah, so the whole mountain cross thing. That, and that's what four, you know, they just call it four cross. You yeah. Know? Um, so that's where that all came from. Which Crankworks has Crankworks has kind of adopted that in the Jewel Slalom event that they run there, right? Mm. Is that yeah. is that right? Do they do Crankworks do it? They, they do they, no, slalom, they, they, they just slalom. Yeah, yeah, dual, yeah. Not, dual slalom. Not, yeah, not separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone yeah. do four cross still? Is that just no, going now? No. Huh. Uh, and because um, that was kind of the thing for a while. Like well, it Eric, was a thing Eric for a Carter, while. Lopes. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I had a problem with it because, uh, you know, trying to come up with ideas to how do you make a track that's not super, not motocross and not BMX. The, you know, UCI said build something that's not motocross or, or uh, BMX and uniquely different, logs and rocks and things like that. And it's like, but the underlining thing that I found that I struggled with, uh, with four cross and everything, even though it was great spectacle, it was great spectacle, I don't turn up at your place and go, hey, let's go four crossing. Mm. You know, you don't go out. You'll go out to a four cross track, like let's go downhilling or let's go shuttling, let's yeah, go let's for a cross country runs. ride. Yeah. But four cross track, 
you'd go to a four-cross track and you would ride. Every old four-cross track you'd go and have a look at, it had a single line going straight down the grass grind because that's what people done. They just yeah, rode down yeah. a thing that was six metres wide and they just rode down one trail, but they would never ride four at a time elbows. The only time they would do that is for the was race. when they were racing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, you should be practicing this beforehand, like BMX and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so it was never just like a legitimate it part wasn't of the culture. Thing. No, you yeah. can't push culture if it doesn't exist. Yes. You, know, you, yeah. you can actually open the, the gates and say, you know, will this work? But you can't make it a thing when it doesn't exist. You know? It's probably essentially what uh, it should have been enduro. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like it was the, because that's kind of the natural part of the culture. And yeah. now they've gone like, oh, okay, well, yeah, this is because enduro, you race enduro, but you also ride enduro. Yes. Like you actually, that's a part of the culture. That's what you do with your friends. Mm-hmm. But when you're downhilling, you shut like, man, the amount of times that I drove up Karanda Range as a kid to do those shuttles, like it was just, that was the thing that, that you did, thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense why Four Cross never really took off. Yeah, yeah. But that so that was like the main thing that they kind of had you there. Yeah, and the first, yeah, first off, uh, and to, to help develop that, and then I would sort of I'd go and have a look at different sites for World Championships. Uh, I remember one site in Spain; they couldn't work out exactly where the the venue. I mean, where the everything should finish, and they couldn't work it out. And I got there and had a look around. So a lot of those places, I'd go and and sort of see if we could come up with a solution here and there. Yeah, um, develop. You know, cross country tracks and uh, and uh, but then after all, yeah, after when the bubble burst, when everything sort of died out, yeah. um, I came back to Australia and, and hung around for a couple of years and then started World Trail with Dylan. Yeah, yeah. So what were those those years like? Because they were probably to go back to the very start. That was probably the most impressionable thing to me. Mm. I reckon was like seeing you go through those years of like you were doing the downhill thing, traveling the world. Like that mm. was great and then the rug got pulled out from underneath mm. you massively yeah and then that's when you you know you go back to the, the small town thing and then you got everyone giving their opinion on i fucking should have never given up his son you know like, you, and <laughs> yeah. like that's yeah. a storm that you got to weather oh, yeah. and to keep your creativity and to keep your positivity and then to like and again it's sort of the same as like the visa thing like i mm. get get fucked on america and then you come home and everyone's like yeah i told you you should have stayed here you shouldn't like i dealt with all that same shit oh, but, then, yeah, but yeah. born out of that like there's no podcast if that didn't huh. or that it's not in the same way well so it's yeah. like you know so mm. you now have world trail which is probably yeah. not not many people like you you built something we're all gonna die you're gonna die your trails yeah. will still be there Mm. hundreds hundreds of fucking years those trails mm. will still be there people will still use them it's yeah. like it's literally a legacy kind of thing and it, i just don't know that that legacy could have been built if you didn't lose the job and then have everyone talking Definitely. shit. You, you know so it's, it's a, the craziest example and that always stuck to me because that was probably when i was about maybe i was like 14 15 mm. when that was happening or maybe mm. Maybe a little bit older, 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure the years, but yeah. I remember, I really remember that time. It was tough. And seeing you not give up on that. Yeah. And that, I carried that forever. Like really? It ne- yeah, it yeah, never left me. That was the most impressionable thing that, that happened to me. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like if you, <laughs> well, at the time, you know, like it's, if you, yeah. If, it doesn't matter if something bad happens because yeah. then just something else good happens. Hmm. Yeah. That was the example. Yeah, you can't stand there and, and complain about that tree that's fallen across the track or the road, you know, and, and just curse and carry on. You just got to, yeah, it's bad. And I remember there were some really tough times, you know, extremely mm. tough. A friend and I, um, 
Paul Neal. We were talking about that just the other night. He was saying, I saw that all happen yeah. Yeah, right in front of my eyes and it was really, really bad, but to bounce out of it. And look, the simplest way, you could go on about a lot of things, but the, the, the fire doesn't go out. Yeah. You know, the fire's always there um, inside you. So it's never going to go out because of that. And yeah. it may, for a couple of people, they may just go, yeah, everybody's right. Maybe I should just stick yeah. to the nine to five. But if the fire's there and it's always there, well, you just keep going until something happens. And again, you don't plan what's going to happen. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know, you know, the, And probably to put it in perspective in a way that there, there was no such thing as trail building professionally. As a job. Then, yeah. As yeah. a job. And there still wouldn't be if we hadn't got a call, uh, you know, from somebody, a government agency, a, a council that wanted a track. And that was the first job in Australia that, uh, uh, you know, a council or a government department was willing to pay money for a mountain bike track. Hadn't happened before. And then there was another one. And then there was another one. And it kept on going from there. But before that. And then another way of looking at it too is like, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, my trade was a sign writer, as a sign writer. And that's a great thing, you know, you're using a brush and paint and, you know, uh, um, and then computers came along and, you, you know, you've had them. You're printing out things, you know, yeah, yeah. and they were, computer, they were computer signs. Greatest thing ever happened. Easiest, best, you know, the best thing you could ever do. You had, you had more creativity, you design it on the screen and print it out and everything, but we were doing it with a brush. Well, that trade went and it finished forever. Yeah. But trail building didn't exist then either. You yeah, know? But yeah. now trail building does. And sign writing doesn't. So, you know, you just roll over a new lift. Something new, you know, something dies, something grows, you know. And, yeah. and it's I think it's so special. Sorry to jump in there, but like just to touch, like I've seen the, um, you know, the employee like trail building brochures and stuff. Glenn's actually hand drawn, drew, yeah. drawn all the examples. Like it's so <laughs> fucking cool. Well, yeah, I got sorry, Tommy to, sorry to jump in there. Yeah, no, no. I got Tommy to do the final ones. I draw them and then Tommy but, like, finish. But like it's just yeah, so yeah. fucking rad that yeah. like you've integrated like you know the, the previous yeah. skill set yeah, like, like nothing goes to waste almost yeah it's yeah so well like you sick. know pinstriping trucks you know the the, yeah, you know, the yeah. scrolls and everything like that when we started designing trails i wanted those trails to look like those pinstripes yeah. you know mm. so that like curves and beautiful arc nothing jagged and that's how wheels work anyway you don't yeah, have yeah. anything janky but yeah that and and when we do pictograms for trails we come up with the trail names yeah. and then come up with the logos well yeah. icons yeah pictograms yeah. for them then they end up on shirts and yeah keep on going from that yeah. so it's all there it's still there uh the whole sign writing thing and the the whole trade thing but yeah the the tough times they'll always come good you know uh, unless you and i think we've mentioned about this before there's a saying out there if you're going through hell just don't stop Mm. You know, they don't want to stop in hell. Just keep going, you know. And, you know, there's so many times you've gone, you know, out on you know, stand-up paddle boards and kayaks and go out to Scouts Hat, leave the beach at Palm Cove and go out to Scouts Hat and Double Island. And on the way back, the wind's changed and it's blowing a gale and you can see the beach. It's a kilometre and a half or two kilometres. And you're paddling like anything. And when you stop, you start going backwards. Yeah. You can't stop. Yeah. No, no matter how you feel. You, because... What's the point? You're going to go backwards, you know. So you've got to keep going. Mm. Nobody's going to come along and scoop you up and go, oh, we'll take you to the beach. Yeah. No, no, you got to keep on going. I think it's like another thing too is like, is like actually recognising that and mm. not identifying those times when you are in hell. Well, when you're in it right when now, be like, oh, yeah. this is you just know, one like, of those bad I think times. that's something that I think a lot of people just don't really, like it might take 
three months, three years, three hours, three minutes, three seconds. Like for certain people, I think it varies yeah. a lot of things. But I think it's just, you know, being around people that have overcome that and they see that, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's special to be able to, you know, we've seen you guys, like seeing you go through it. We've seen other friends go through it. It's mm. like, you know, applying that to your own life, I think just a whole nother fucking kettle of fish. But then obviously having friends and experience, it really helps your people around you too. Yeah, yeah, and you're building your own bull bar too while you're doing that, mm. you know, because you don't <laughs> yeah. want to hit them things again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, you know? right. yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I think uh, the the important thing too is like once you've gone through something that it makes it so so much easier to just go through mm. the same thing again. You've got like mm. a mental model of like how to kind of get through it. And then the, the biggest thing like, you know, like breakups and stuff, like one of my mates, he went through like a, a breakup a few years ago and like, literally he's just this the other day he had a kid with like his new chick and he's just the happiest guy now mm. you know like just it sent me a photo of him and his wife in the really in the, yeah and they had like a home birth in a pool and there's like a photo of them in the pool with this baby and it was like just two and a half years ago he's in my apartment you know every night fucking devastated and had the breakup and it's just like i'm i'm telling him mate i'm this is a good thing for you like you, you can't see it now mm. but this is a great a great blessing you know you, and the other thing i always would try and tell people as well is like if you're just a good person if you just wake mm. up you might have all these fucking problems going on in your life you yeah. get this bad luck this has happened whatever if there's an, a, an emphasis on you being a good person every day you'll just come out of it mm. it's just uh, you'd have to be extremely unlucky <laughs> which you can't control your luck anyway no, so you no. so let's not plan on luck yeah. but you would have to be unlucky to be a really great person mm. that's like working on being a great person being really great to other people you would have to have the most fucked up luck ever to just ha have it not work out at the mm. end of the day you know so i think that that's like a thing that i was sort of trying to tell people anyone that's going through shit is like that it will go away at some point but if you just focus on being a good person, you're just like creating all this good luck for yourself. And at some point, that good luck pays. But, you know, another thing too is as as you age and you get older, you keep learning. Mm. And, and, and some things I go, geez, I wish I knew what I know now yeah. when I was like your age. But that is life. But as long as you keep on learning and as long as you listen to new music, as long as you, yeah. you know, you, you just keep at it, um, you'll be fine. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing because you know, um, and again, we talked about the forums of the four drives. You know, they probably got to a point and that's it. I'm yeah. not going any further. Yeah, I'll be cranky and bitter and twisted now, and that's how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. You know, and uh, you don't do that. You no. just got to keep on learning, and keep on, uh, you know, absorbing. So when uh, when you first get these contracts mm -hmm. for the first uh, like council sort of deal, oh yeah, so that like world trail starts to become like a, a legitimate thing and i guess well so like what's the when did any of this at any point become an idea for like you could go man i just see cans like, we could have all these trails and they could be signed out and they could be marked out everyone mm. know like when was that a was that an idea before it was reality? Yeah. Like that's something that was like a long-term thing. There, there was a thing uh, after the first world championships where a friend of mine said, you know, uh, you know, you know, it's, uh, it was around the, the time of the Olympics in Sydney. Mm. And I was saying, look, I can see a future where, um, you know, I was telling the guys oh, who were I completely me. forgot about the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, it was, it was in there and, 
<laughs> but um, a lot of traffic. <laughs> no, but you know, they're, they're, fences everywhere. Yeah, you know, and and just saying, like I was saying, like I, I can see a, a future where we do trail building as as a as a career, um, and you'll be building. You guys will be working on these trails here, and we'll be on them. But there'll be another job over here that I'll have to go and have a look at. And see how that's going, but I'll come back here and see how that's going. Then we'll move over to this one, and and this was years, ten years before that happened. So I could see it happening. I could see it evolving that way. I don't didn't know the right pathway, but um, yeah, there was a time, of course. And then with Cairns, well, we're all proud of Cairns and uh, and how beautiful it is. And, and yeah, we're proud of where you live, and you want to show people how you live and why you lived, and yeah, you know, yeah. why you're you, you know, yeah. and what you know. Um, and uh, Cairns is lovely like that. So always really wanted Cairns to be, and it naturally evolved that way anyway, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, with the World, World Cups and World Championships, you know. Um, and and so was Derby the first project that was like, all right, this is what my vision was in a sense, like the first like real complete kind of project no. in your mind? What was the first one? Well, the first one was Forest in Victoria. It was one of our first jobs. And Jeremy Hugh, who works for us now yeah. and has worked for us for nearly 18 years, wow. he was the project manager of that, that project. Was that the one that was down like Anglesey? And that? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we yeah, probably yeah. went there for a ride or something like that. But it, it had the same – we had that formula, always had that formula where it has to be so – because UCI always had, especially with the Olympics and, and, and the World Championships, they always had this thing where you weren't allowed to have a race event or a, you know, um, a race uh, in, a, in a town or any more than an hour and a half from a major airport because people are traveling from mm. all over the world to race a downhill or across country. Last thing they want to do is when they get off a plane, travel more than an hour and a half. Mm. So that was rule one. You know, rule two was beautiful terrain. You know, absolutely wonderful stuff. You know, lakes and waterfalls and forests and whatever, escarpments. Next one was uh, beautiful trails. You had to build amazing trails within that environment. Uh, fourth one was uh, opportunities for growth. A little mm. township. You know, there's a pub there or there's some houses, but that's all that's there. But things can grow from that because maybe the a bike shop could be set up in that old service station or, you know, mm. and, and go from there. Uh, and the next one is, um, you know, um, natural progression, as in um, uh, um, basically if it becomes a success, um, it's like, not landlocked. Yeah, formulates mm. itself. Yeah, like it's not like an island. It's not surrounded by, um, yeah, like towns and suburbia or it's places actually got private to, property. You yeah. need to grow, you know, natural yeah. progression. You know, you need to, okay, this is a real, you know, this 80 kilometers of trail is hugely successful. We want another 20. Yeah. Oh, we can't. Yeah. We can't yeah. go any further, you know. Yeah. Or um, we'd like to bring in three more shuttle companies, but there's nowhere to go because, you know, so you need that. And then the event overlay. Yeah. You know, okay. If you've built that and you've spent some money on putting all those trails in, and we call it the circus, you know, the circus comes along, drops over, picks up, and goes away. Yeah. You know, just like, and 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 if that all works, as in like, the emergency exits, uh, communication. Where can you put three outside broadcast trucks? And yeah. where can you put ten thousand people with marquees? And you, we always look at that. Always. So so this town had all that. It was fantastic. Um, but you you have to have. 85 kilometers of trail for it to work yeah and so um uh it only got so, so that's far. your minimum number yes yeah definitely definitely 
because you need people to get in a plane. Mm. Uh, yeah, big groups. Yeah, you can't ride it in a day. Yeah. yeah. You can't ride it in two days. Yeah. Maybe the third or fourth day, you've ridden all the trials, but then you go, then I want you to get piece to go them. back to the one you want. And in there, if you've ridden three days, you want a day off. Yeah. Because you've ridden the shit out of them. So you want yeah. a day. So it extends to about a week. Yeah. So the sweet spot's about five to seven days. Uh, but if you have anything less, you know, everybody wants a new derby. They want, some, they want, they want uh, a great destination, but only want to throw 20 kilometers of trail at it. Well, it's not, that's going to work, but it's not going to be a destination. That's going to be an hour of power place. Yeah. where people just go for that it's like yeah. a local thing only. do not expect yeah. anything else more than that yeah, you know? yeah. and we're strict but, and I mean it's not rocket science it was done with ski resorts 80 years ago and 50 years ago Yeah, you know you've got to have X amount of runs for X amount of people not just one run down a hill with one chair left you know you've got to have something for everybody so the 85 kilometers is a sweet spot yeah and uh, yeah anything less really doesn't bring the masses in yeah know? it may work if it was if it was all gravity, if it was all downhill, yeah, yeah, it. of course yeah. that more than enough. But they're all different types of products, you know. So yeah, you've got to be there. You know, uh, visitation. You've got to stay there. You got to eat from the cafes. You got to sleep somewhere and yeah. go from there. So Forest came very close, um, and they, a bike shop came in and set it all up. But th- there wasn't enough growth in trails. Mm. It didn't expand, and I think they're doing it now. And I hope they really do. Uh, because it's a beautiful place, but anyway, Derby, and and there was a lot of other places around Australia that very similar. We that model we we carried through, but Derby was the first place that actually said yes to everything, mm. and and some, and very proactive, very you know yeah let's do this, let's do that. They were yes, 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 and they could, uh, and it's such an old beautiful place, you know, tunnels and lakes, and yeah. had a history, and it's beautiful and. An hour and twenty from the airport, and uh, you know, um, and it's a little wee town, but geez, it's gone off. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's crap. Well, when so when was the first time I would have gone there with you? Uh, 13, 14. Really, that yeah. long ago? Yeah. Oh, well, Hans Ray came out, but maybe oh, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, maybe it was because it was one. Of, no, it would have been sixteen. Oh, it was it? one I did yeah. my kidney. Oh well, you'd know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We started in thirteen, looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was already a plan for that area. Um, but the plan wasn't going to work. That was kind was of Coranda all over again, really, because as soon as you initially got in there, everyone was saying it wouldn't it wouldn't work, like it wasn't the right hill. Oh, yeah, we copped the hiding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that yeah, now yeah, in, in yeah. hindsight? Yeah. But again, if you have faith and you know what you're doing, um, you know you know it's going to work. And that's where we are now. Like, Unfortunately, we have to tell some people, say, we want the next derby, and we'll go and have a look at it. And they've got the money sitting there. Yeah. So it's, you can't have it. Mm-hmm. Go and put a static wave pool in, or you know, go, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But you're not going to have a mountain bike destination. But we really pull them apart, pull out apart everything, and have a look at it and see if you can have something that's flex. You know, there, there's a bit of wiggle room both sides. But if it ain't going to work, don't spend the money. Yeah. And most of the time, people listen, but sometimes they go, "We've already got the money. Let's ask somebody else." Mm. And um, you know, but the mountain biking is going really well. It's going really strong. Uh, planning destinations around the world, um, and a lot of it's got to do with Derby because mm. yeah. it's a template. They've got the data, sorry, and, and yeah. St Helens and what's happening in Georgetown. And, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like even even for me, like well, we just had Chucky here, yeah, and then I was like, oh yeah, my uncle Glenn's coming on. I was like, Glenn Jacobs, and like, nah, I don't think I heard of him. 
And I was like, oh, he did Derby. He's like, he did Derby. Yeah. You know, so it's just a, it's, it's a brand now yeah. that people, you know, the fucking dudes at Ride Dakar and like all these different people from all these different, yeah. uh, I guess, like industries, walks of life, they know the, the product Derby. It's kind of like uh, transcended mountain biking in a sense to mm. just a, a legitimate destination. Yeah. And how crazy, even the last time we went, like we run into fucking Ford, Gibbsy, Munro, like all those guys, like just our friends yeah. that were going. We had no idea. Yeah, we had no idea. That and they you, were going. soon you turn up there, you'll run into people that you know. And you, oh, I didn't even. For one thing, I didn't even know you rode mountain bikes. Yes, you know? yeah. And and yeah, and people you know, and they've just travelled there. And uh, what's probably bloody amazing after all these years, people are turning up and it's their first time. Mm. They're turning up and you go, no, I've never been here. And they're turning up and they're frothing over. But the, the repeat visitation is crazy. You know, it's uh, but it, it's it's something that really shows in. You know, the, well, for one thing, the sales of the property, you know, the, the mm. going from 50,000 to a million. And, uh, yeah, but, that's insane. And it hasn't stopped, you know, as in like the, the people come in with ideas, you know, that, that guy that came up with the idea of putting a floating, uh, authentic oh, Norwegian floating sauna yeah. on that lake, you know, and it was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. Holy hell. Flat out, you yeah. know. And, and, you know, more things like that that attach, that cross-pollinate, you know, and people are going there, and they go there because he's done so well at social media and everything. They go, they go there, and they go into town. They go, oh, people mountain bike here, yeah, because they're not going there to mountain bike. And the more of that stuff, the better. But the opportunities—that's what I said about that growth. More that's sitting there waiting, and the council's got a lot to do yeah, with that, yeah. and opening up more things, and being open-minded towards a lot of stuff. And it's just a pretty place. It's beautiful. It's like you know. Uh, but anyway, that template now has gone to Norway and, and, and a lot of other places. I was in about three years ago in, in Switzerland and all they could ask me about was this place called Derby because that, that's the reach. It, you know, they've just seen how it's worked so well and people are frothing and having fun. And the other thing is you need that accreditation too. That's why yeah. we really push to get EWS. To well, that. that's what I was literally just thinking in yeah. my head. I was like, it's the fucking world champs all over again. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. because you built Derby. Mm. And then, and even then I remember people being like, nah, that'll be so shit for the EWS. The trails mm. aren't good enough. They're not mm. gnarly enough. The EWS ends up winning trail of the year. Yeah. At twice. The, twice. At the, oh, <laughs> twice. Twice. They've won it. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's almost like what happened to you again at the World Champs. So mm. you get this call up after the, you do the World Champs to yeah. go and, you know, be the track builder. Yeah. And then Derby, you, you see like the world recognition that it got from the, yeah. the EWS and then it leads to people that actually do meet the criteria. So I guess is that once Derby's done, mm. that then becomes a challenge for you is sifting through all of these places that want the next derby mm. and you you know what the next derby could be yeah so then has that literally just been the last few years as you just yeah. fishing through all these different people and places to actually go like no you have the criteria this mm. this can and there be. is a number of them yeah you know, right. that it will be so uh, norway's the first one from oh oh no there's a few yeah i mean there, there's quite a few on the table that are moving at a speed you know but uh, norway is one that is um is there anything yeah. we can pull up to look at it? Is yeah. there any photos and stuff? How do yeah, you find there, it? Oh, it would be the soil searching pieces on Flow. Yeah, you got soil searching, and also I think Flow might no. Did they do something on Norway? Because it'd be cool to just see the the visuals. Yeah, of it. it's yeah. pretty spectacular. It is spectacular. Yeah, I, I think the the um, yeah soil searching one. Yeah, just uh, so specialized YouTube yeah. soil searching world trail. I'm gonna get a bit. 
Get a beer, Matty. A beer. Yeah, yeah, it's well, it's four o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, and it, it like uh, again when we saw there you it, go. just keep the audio off it. So yeah, how did? What's the process of Norway starting? Well, we were asked to you know by a couple of p- different companies to go and have a look at it, and when we had a look at it, we uh, they wow. had a they had a certain um, idea in their head, and we as soon as I saw what could happen. Um, I suggested a few things. There's, you know, um, if they did this, 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 and this, you'll have it. Do you be? Yeah, yeah, a- a- and some. Yeah, and some, and uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's bloody crazy. This was done so well, by the way. Yeah. Was Farney like the director of this one, or I? Uh, oh, what's his name? Yeah, Farney was. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't think of the guy's name now. A really good, cool guy that filmed it all. Uh, it it was done yeah. so well. But there's, yeah, further on they show trails. Uh, yeah, a bit fast forward on. a little yeah, bit yeah. through it. Just try to find some good luck vistas. Because so they were having a, a similar um, almost, oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That was a trail that existed there before. Yeah. Um, sorry, they were having the. So they, there was, I, I just remember when they, inter- oh, wow, that's insane. That's what the, I remember, yeah, yeah. When they were interviewing the guy for this piece. Hmm. They originally sort of said a similar thing to Derby where they were saying like, oh, no, this isn't good terrain. Like, mm. this isn't good land in mm. a sense. And then you guys went through and actually, like, once they saw the way that you guys carved the trail, they were like, wow, we didn't even know this was here. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't know that, the, yeah, there's a lot of stuff existed up in the hill. Mind you, to give them some credit, Norway is spectacular, you know, and, and where, where they're used to holidaying up up in the, you know, those huge mm. fjords and, the, you yeah. know, they, and they are really spectacular, where this terrain is really just like Canada. You know, you look at it and go, whoa, this is just like, you know, like Buzz and all the guys who were working there, they're going, this is, this is Canada. And it is. It's just really beautiful, but it's in Norway. And um, again, an hour and a half from a major airport and, you know. Um, what are you doing there, Rhodes? Oh, where are you going to go? Just down across the road where Dunlop is. Can you get Griff to do it? Yeah, yeah sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the whole thing is, uh, uh, yeah, we saw what, again, probably the biggest thing is we're looking with outside eyes. Yeah. Everywhere we go, we were looking because we've not been there. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see what everybody else is going to see. And I think that's the luxury. Yeah. So if you make a mountain bike destination in a certain place, you're, you know, in, in an area that when you're from there, you don't really see the amazing things because you're born there, you live there, you yeah, yeah. go to work there and you go, oh, it's where it is, where it is. But when you come in and see it for the first time, you go, whoa, you yeah. see the mountains or the lakes or, but they've been seeing it every day. So it's no big deal. So that's sort of where we were at when we come in and have a look at a place you have a look at it and go now this is really special it's something really nice and the soil's great and I know that mountain bikers love it and uh, the way it's laid out the valleys couple of and look you don't need big mountains mm. people think you need 1000 metres or 800 metres or 700 yeah sure but not for repeat gravity visitation up and down up and down up and down 1000 yeah. metres you'll find if you had 1000 metres people would be wanting to go from the the halfway point all the time yeah because that's a long run yeah it's great to ride that long but you're not going to do 10 runs of that yeah or 15 runs of it you know you'll probably only do two or three and you'll be flogged you know and you want to <laughs> sit down and have a beer but at 300 meters or 500 meters you'll do like 20 runs yeah because yeah. it's you know just short you got you can have rest time on the way up and 
Yeah, there's a certain dynamics in it, as is trial building too. There's, you know, you just, you know, the word flow is used a lot. Yeah. But there is a math behind it and kinetic energy, you know, uh, how the trail is designed and gravitational force and how um, there's a whole science behind it. What your speed, what you're going to do with that speed. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, where, how you're going to amplify it, how you're going to wash it off. And in certain terrains and certain, you know, angles and everything like that. And yeah, our guys have got that down to a. Well, that that's the craziest yeah. thing. Like when you, whenever I explain, if you go ride derby, mm. to whenever I explain to people, like if you just just leave the brakes alone, you yeah. pretty much just be able to do all the jumps, like everything. And so it's like predictability yeah. and flow are like the two biggest things of you know being on a world trail trail is like you are going to know what's coming up like yeah. everything mm. just sets you up you just don't have to be on the brakes and mm. you can just really flow and then that flow speed that you've got is enough to do everything perfectly it's all timed you know? yeah it's all set up it's, and that kinetic energy is is something yeah it's unbelievable like even the first time i i only rode derby for the first time when we went last our last trip but like the biggest thing that blew me away was the the feeling my body was experiencing on the on the trails certain movements certain you know g's and certain like it was like i was walking for the first time because but (laughs) it's it's true like and i remember we're talking about it after we had a few reds but like it was like you know call me crazy but like i that's how my mind works i just go off on these weird you know these places and i was like i was just doing like i was feeling things i'd never felt before CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And I write, I've ridden mountain bikes for 15, 20 years, you know, like, and it's like, it just blew my mind. It was mm. incredible. But like you said, like, and I, it was just simply by writing what was created yeah. for what, for what it was. And, yeah. and I think I'm pretty good on a mountain bike. I can do the obstacles. I'm feared. I'm like, I can experience it to not, it's probably not its fullest, but what it's there for. And it was absolutely incredible, you know, and I can't wait to go back. Yeah, it, and it is just all, like, in the design, like, mm. the way that yeah. everything is laid out. Yeah. And, and I'm uh, comparing it to, like... Narang. <laughs> I'm comparing it to a competitor's product, yeah, essentially. And I can tell you from mm. my experience, not being biased mm. from whoever I know, but it's <laughs> it's not even the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> d- different sports. We're playing different sports, really. Like, it's, it is honestly, like, incredible. 
yeah, and, and you know the, the you know people like Maxi and yeah, uh, Reese, yeah, you know, right, just yeah. you know that like I've I've got them up because I I keep forgetting, you know, the like the stored energy, gravitational energy, kinetic energy, rotational kinetic energy, rotational uh, inertia, motion and velocity, angular velocity, potential energy. Um, so the thinking started from the half pipe. Yeah. So you start here and you finish there, but what the fuck do you do between there? Yeah. Pretty damn good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you extrapolate that and throw it, or you know, stretch it out and put it over a trail, same thing. Yeah. You know, so you put damn, all those things crazy. together, and when you already have it in your head how it should be, like you know, Reese Atkinson and, uh, and and Maxi, Maxi's, you know, he's both of those guys are just on it, you know, yeah. and, and uh, there's a lot of great new crew coming up through the teams. And uh, and we've had a lot of great people too that've been with us too. And and, and um, if you have to have it inside you and understand all those all yeah. those things. And that way, the trail, you know, when you're riding, you know what you said, you know, it's just free flowing. Yeah. You know? And the word flow is a word, and people say, oh, that's got great flow. Yeah, but hang on, let's try and break that down. And what why why is it like? Yeah, that? you don't yeah, just yeah. build flow. Mm. You've got to have all these. Here's other a margarita. Elements. What's what's yeah. in it? Yeah. I don't know. It feels tastes good. Yeah, yeah. but that's exactly 100%. what it is. You can't you have just to go it. like I want flow. Yeah, and you're like oh well, then you've got to have all this, and you've got to have. Yeah. The, it's like a product that yeah. comes together with like a bunch of different ingredients. You have like, to identify. You can't it. just have flow. Yeah. yeah, where are we going in this world? Like for for mountain biking, anyway. If you can't identify exactly what we're doing and yeah. why and how, you know, it, it, it's you got to sort of. You got to identify it, and then, yeah. then you can teach. And what's it. so beautiful is this it. didn't exist in when when you rolled up at the top of Karanda. Like, nah. it's fucking unbelievable when yeah. you really sit back and you know you listen and you you observe from where you were to where you are now yeah. and what you've created, and it's just it is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I think the the other thing too, and it's like part of the sometimes the criticism that like a world trail trail can mm. get from someone that's core. Yeah. is that it's like it's easy or it's built for like a soccer mum or whatever yeah. but i think like the fact that that you guys can build a trail that can span so many different levels yeah. and then the understanding as well like i think it's it's like the land cruiser well no well exactly that it's a spectrum you know yeah. it's like you know who's saying what and in what position you know yeah. Yeah. it's easy to it, it's you know what it's like easiest thing to criticize we cop it all the time because we're a really large company yeah and everybody not everybody but a lot of people that criticize are singular trail builders that go out scratching of an afternoon and that's where i started that's where everybody starts yeah but you can be very critical yeah but you actually don't know the enormity of it yeah, you yeah, that, the, like the legitimate scale. Of yeah, it, that, so it's beautiful. A finish, it's finish a beautiful product. company. You know, a lot of great stuff happening. But we also, yeah, we build that easy stuff, and we build stuff that we've won awards for. You know, yeah. So, and then there's everything in the middle. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it's, I think it speaks as well to again like that kind of like the legacy thing or like mm. the, the long term vision because mountain biking isn't sustainable just mm. on the hardcore motherfuckers yeah, that shred yeah. <laughs> you right. know well, like that's not it's one they're the people really, that want yeah. the free gear and they're the people that want the bikes for free and they're the like yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. there's that's no true in it yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. honestly man they're the they're a rarity now yeah but that's what yeah, yeah. exactly like what you guys have done is almost like bought the the sport to mm. the masses mm. and then that then actually has a chance of like legitimately building up an industry like there's a surplus of money and You've then, good, then yeah. you see the the like you said that 
all the data is there for Derby now. Mm. So the government is going like, oh, this is crazy. There's like mm. all these people that are in this town. And then you see like the real estate pricing goes up. Like there's a crazy follow on effect from having that vision of, all right, how do we make something for everyone? How, how do we like, in a way, democratize mountain biking and take it to where, you know, it's the hardcore dude can enjoy this you know the same trail network as you know like a mum and the kids and the well the best the best example is an airflow and air going and you guys rode that yeah that. yeah yeah and and during ews all that was pro- pretty much my favorite trail. yeah well and and you know um i even just got a text from remy morton the best thing i've ever ridden you know and, oh really and and it, what it is is it's it's you know while the EWS was they, they could go and ride every track but they were just the show riders just riding that one yeah. you know and it's it, it's our protocol you know and there is a thing we have which is a quark knuckle and a quark knuckle is a certain design of an obstacle <laughs> that is it's has a lot of elements to it um, just like a quark that's yeah, what it's yeah. called you know? yeah, yeah. but. We've been working on those things for years, and we're we're, we're bringing it down because if somebody's going to spend some money, as in a government agency, on a trail, and it's only to suit one type of person, I don't think that's fair no. for any the industry or anything. But if it suits everybody and legitimately suits everybody, like pro riders to, you know, not so much a beginner, but you can roll down there with your tires on the ground if you had to. Yeah, yeah. Or you're in the air most of the way. Yeah. You know. Um, so there's a certain style and, and, and um, yeah, it's, it's really critical to have that understanding of yeah. what a trial should be. And I think it's, it's underrated, like I think from, from your end, the fact that you actually had the balls to like plant that flag in the ground mm. and not feel the pressure from the community or like the core yeah. to just build what, you know like the existing people kind of wanted yeah um it's it is quite hard to commit especially when they're your that. mates yeah you know your best mates and they're like bah, 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 you know and sometimes yeah right we didn't make it perfect all the time back in 20 years ago yeah but when you have an idea and an end result you just keep on going you know keep on pushing pushing forward and and so to i guess to keep talking about about norway like so that that's uh is is it are you taking it further than dirt like is there new stuff that you mm. is like new concept like yeah. is this a evolution sort of from there and like what do you see evolution wise yeah it, it's it's endless you know uh because the bikes are evolving mm. and we're evolving and we're going with each other yeah forward and every every destination or every every you know um every track that is built after derby we try and step it up mm. and that doesn't mean it gets bigger and bigger and bigger yeah it just gets it's thicker. all about timing yeah and thick yeah thick is a really good one so norway is is uh you know like derby on steroids and we're aiming for it to be the largest in europe uh, destination and we've got the terrain there and everything is man it's there it is there it's just you can't see much from that but it is really what the boys have been building and we only had a small crew we had about 10 people last year yeah we're taking about 25 i think maybe wow. 20 this year that's yeah. crazy logistically yeah. as well mm. oh that like 
probably people probably don't know it's mm. not like you go over there yeah. and then put an ad in the in the norwegian mm. uh trading post and ask for some diggers to come yeah. up and follow you up on a hill you're actually taking your crew that you guys have trained mm. that have you know that understand all of these elements so yeah. it's like a massive operation you're just oh, like yeah. taking these people and Log- shifting their life to to norway to build this logistics truck. it's yeah. crazy it is it is massive and, and you're funny you touch on that right all all the way through all this you know if you wanted um you know you're, you're a builder and if you wanted uh to get a builder in to do something or a plumber you just get oh there's a plumber i'll get yeah. that or I'd, I'd like about three plumbers to come and work for me. Bang. You can't do that with travellers. Mm. There's not, not at the moment. We'll laugh at this in years to come. Like you said, there was, there was nothing existing all them years ago. So people out riding trails now. Uh, building trails. At the- yeah. Yeah. They're like, back then there was no trails to ride. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, yeah. something, you know. So, you know, looking for a trail builder, and then just because somebody said they're a trial builder, that doesn't mean they're good. Yeah. They may yeah. be amazing, yeah. you know. But just because someone's got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, but the proof is in the pudding usually with the trail. Yeah. You ride somebody's trail, um, that's it. My, yeah, back to the old sign riding days, you know, somebody come in and look for it, you know, ask for a job. My boss would give him. A turtle looks like an armadillo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks like a pig. <laughs> but say, you know, write Toyota for me, please. Yeah. You know, and they would start marking it out with about five minutes. You go, no, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You're not a sign writer. Yeah. So it's the same with trail building. You know, there's a lot of people that do, and we've got some great people working for us, and we're really, you know, proud to have those people and hardworking, and they've been with us for a long time, and it's a lifestyle. And it's also, it's a career. It's mm. trail building. You can go any if you work for us, you can go anywhere in the world and get a job. You know, so the skills there, everything's really good, but it's really hard to actually get somebody on board. Yeah, um, there's a lot of great people out there. Um, but you're just going to get the right ones. You know? Yeah, because they're... they're speak the language, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, there's a certain level of giving... You, you're sort of like giving up a lot, but to get a lot, you know, it's it's not a clock in, clock off. Like, you're living on site. Like, you're... It's like a lifestyle that you're kind of... Um, that you're kind of like in signing up for, in a sense, like when you when you are like a world trail trail builder. Yeah, look, in the early days, it was really hard because we were doing projects that were only two months long, or yeah. three weeks long, or five months long. But we're really fortunate to have only deal in premium projects, mm. which are two years, three years, or you know, in this case, every winter in in, in Europe. But you go there and you live. Mm. And uh, people like, you know, Reese Atkinson and his wife and kids, they move to Tasmania and they base themselves there and, and work there, you know. And if you could live there, you know, and in that case, you know, years and years. But different projects, if you go there for two years, you can set up house there and, you know, family and mm. everything and work on a trail uh, network. Um, but yeah, And then also the, I think that there's probably uh, – an offshoot of that that isn't maybe in the brief when you're pitching it to companies as such but i i really think that the world trail crew when they're there building these trails they are the ones that are actually kickstarting the culture mm. because they're the ones like i remember with with derby 
Max, Reese, Ryan, they all had such a, a really big part in starting the mountain biking culture, fostering the youth that were there, like, you know, young Miles, and then they're interacting with Buck, and then it's like, it's actually acting, because it's all good to kind of have the trails there, but what you need is like this legitimate culture. And I remember the first times that I was there with you, that that was the big thing. It's like, we got to get this culture. And soon there's going to be bike shops here and then there'll be rides that people will be doing and then there'll be local races. And you sort of, you're sowing the seeds of the mm. culture straight away. But it's the it's the crew that's building yeah. the trails first. They're the ones that are down on the hill Inspiring. at the bottom. Yeah. And then going, hey, we've got this bit of trail, come up and test it. And actually, so I think that, the fact that you've got this these crews that go and live on site they're actually like the ignition point for the culture getting yeah, started as, so right. as well and I, think and I think that's so important and probably not something that gets sold from the company's perspective but for anyone that is outside in that would you know contract well it's like i think that's just as valuable as the product itself another thing that i really admire with glenn and the businesses and i've learned over the time you know is like the person with the least amount of responsibility yeah, the least amount of responsibility shows the least amount of enthusiasm. And what you do with these head trail builders and the staff is like, they have the ability to be creative. They have mm. the ability to be themselves. Therefore, that's their piece of trail, you know, and they, yeah, they take art. full responsibility of it and, and it shows in their work and, and it shows in their enthusiasm because they do have so much responsibility. And that's something that I try and encourage through my business with my staff is like, no, nah, man, like, do you... Like, if you feel like there's this is how you want to do it, do it. Like, you know, be a part of it, you know, own it. And and I think that's something that World Trail has just done so incredibly well. Like, that's probably more of a very much from like an out, like someone who's been within the business but not in the business. Hmm. Like, I, I've well, been I so deep in it for so many years and, and, and I just really love that aspect of it. You know, it's it's a beautiful part of the business. So we're really strict on that. And there's three, if you're a master at three things, which is drainage, safety, and predictability, if you're a master, you can do anything. Yeah, sick. Anything you like. You're not not constrained, you know? If it's in that, if it's a blue rating or... And that's probably what's led to like the the features and like these things that then you then own. You're like, dude, that's fucking rad let's do this with it and then it's like this is a piece of product like this is this is a selling point because that's also a part of the business that a lot of people don't understand is like features and and like it's broken down to like so many dimensions yeah. it's insane like the what at um st helens you know the big rock the big feature rock drop, like that yeah. is fucked up like that is <laughs> such a beautiful even if you didn't write it yeah, like probably, it, it, where's that how would we look that uh, up it's called Mac 10 yeah St. Helens yeah, yeah. Mac 10 but it's St. like Helens. there's like the business is like I pushed out of that drop it's the yeah. business is like crazy from you know where we go talking about <laughs> there it is right there we go talking about like from nothing to like what it is now and then the, the broken down layers of good one there yeah that it's so sick honestly it's not just a trap Trial. Oh, it's not. It's not even. Where is it? There's, but there's more. There's so many of them. Uh, Mac. Yeah, the images ones. If you find an image, it's like, yeah, this is this is a hell of a trial. This um, is a fun trial. 
And the beautiful thing about St. Helens, and we identified it earlier on in the piece, that if it's raining in Derby, yeah, and you've yeah. booked your holidays well, exactly six, what we six did. months before, yeah. yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pissed down. Yeah, pissed down. So we, Fuck, and, we and you've booked your holidays you know, six months before. You've brought 10 people there, and you're going, all the trails are wet at the moment. And, you know, Derby doesn't get too wet. We just went over to St. Helens and look at it. It was, you know, it's dry and dusty. And, and if it's wet there, it's grippy like Robson's. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, yeah. So it's coming coming up that big rock feature. Yeah, you'll see like I mean I don't know how long that thing took to fucking. No, cut I don't in, know where it is. It's uh, here it's it is coming, coming up, up to it now. Yeah, and the multiple lines, the A, B, and C lines are really yeah. Like um, so this yeah, and look at that yeah that rock so work. So sick. So look look like all the custom rock work and stuff. And, yeah, and probably one of the biggest things is you know. St. Helens really brought it out a little bit on on um, some of the features. Is that we're all riding together and we're all mates. You know, you don't you don't have all friends at the same skill level. Yeah, you, your friends are your friends, and some are better riders than others, yeah. and some are worse riders than others. But if you're your friends, so you're all going for you a ride. You want to do the same ride. The trail should not restrict you in time mm. or feeling. Yeah, that's why having multiple lines multiple options but you're all riding around the same speed and that's where the quark knuckles come in but also if you get to the bottom of a trail and you didn't have a good time you go I'm a shit rider no no the that's trail, a shit trail that's a shit trail yeah yeah because if you come out thinking you're a shit rider yeah. that's not cool you there's know? no there's no bad employees only bad bosses it's <laughs> <laughs> good ways yeah <laughs> but it's kind of like in that same yeah. vein though you yeah. know because it's like yeah it's not yeah you're not a shit rider that was just a shit trail that didn't give you the experience because uh, the feeling of riding a mountain bike and the feeling of flow shouldn't be limited to your skill level on yeah. a bike because then you're just capping like that's a huge barrier and you want to get better yeah you want you just want to get better because you've had a great time and uh, you know the word flow is a difficult word because people when they hear flow they, they you know mistake it with easy well yeah and it's also like oh berm roller roller berm berm and we often talk about this it could be the nastiest steepest horrible downhill or, or, or you know enduro trail it still has to have a certain degree of flow. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you, you look at a plane coming to land at you know Coolangatta Airport, and you see that's you know the, the stream. What do you call it? The bloody the um, jet stream. Jet stream coming in. It doesn't go like this, janky. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a certain arc to it. Yeah. Jet fighters have that, and so does helicopters. There's a certain arc, mm. and a trail delivers the same type of arc, either long or short. It's still an arc. Yeah. And that's flow. So, flow is not just you know, berms and rollers, it can be really nasty stuff, but it also has to ride yeah, well. Yeah. So, how, yeah. um to, to switch gears a little yep. bit, uh, how has the whole e-bikes changed the industry? Because in, from the moto perspective, mm. we are about to go through the biggest change since fucking probably Ever. bikes. Like yeah. re really, in, in my opinion, like, some people are like, ah, two-stroke and four-stroke. I'm like, oh, fuck, the same thing. You're just adding a couple extra fucking hits <laughs> of the piston. This is different. This yeah. is going to change literally everything. And someone, yeah. you come from the mountain bike industry where the change was massive and there was the same original statements around, it's going to fuck this and it's going to fuck that. Nah, there's a fucking, this is bullshit. And, yeah. you, you know, you're sort of seeing that same thing in moto mm. for as a person that has now lived through the e-bike revolution in mountain bikes where mm. what's your thoughts on this upcoming Every, can revolution? only get better 
everything can only get better. You know, um, the number one rule is, uh, you know, it started with 29ers. You know, people bitching and hating on 29ers. Yeah. But why? Yeah. So what? Keep riding 26 or 27. Well, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to ride it. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Don't ride it. And same as an e-bike. You don't have to ride it. Somebody else. Because we've gone through, we pulled it apart from a trail builder's perspective. We couldn't find anything wrong with an e-bike. Yeah. You know, so oh, they destroy trails or they, you know, there's, there's, you know, no use going through that whole thing because it's all bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mind you, when you ride e-bikes, you don't ride with somebody that hasn't got an e-bike because they're rude and they're noisy. They'll talk when you're going up the hill. <laughs> well, you know, you, you talk to them, they don't answer back. Yeah. You know, you're going up a hill, you're trying to have a conversation, they're just arrogant, they just won't talk back to you. And all of a sudden, you're climbing a hill and they're making these grunting sounds. <laughs> no. Um, look, it, it doesn't matter if you ride an e-bike or a non-e-bike, and it's just the same thing with the motorbike. It's not really going to... It's going to change the industry. But it's um, just going to be new and better yeah, ways. Just, like... Uh, I, I can't wait to get mine. Mm. I mean, uh, you've even, ordered one, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, quite a while ago, and and uh, you know, and a lot of my friends have too. They're going to be amazing, and if they're not, they're not. So they can't. What's good? Yeah, <laughs> what's? It's not like I'm the chain around my neck, you know. Like no, but it, they're, they're going to be fantastic, and and uh, you know, again, we identified it many years ago that you could have a supercross in a shopping center or. At like, no, you know what I mean because there's no noise Yeah. the only thing is you know uh, you have to deal with the dust if you had a supercross in the middle of town at 10.30 at night or in, in suburbia you know at 10.30 at night nobody's going to complain about the noise well, the like thing, AC we've know. got Reedy Creek here on the Gold Coast yeah. and it was shut down due to noise noise Moto land noise it still exists does it yeah the track's still there well E-bike only, and you won't even have a problem. <laughs> yeah, and is it's, the Reedy Creek track still there? Yeah, I want to buy it. That's How do we find? I'm pretty it? sure there's some people <laughs> try, but it's like a thing. Yeah, it's still, and that's like well, it can literally be brought be brought back to life as soon yeah. as this, the e-bike. Well, look, time there. time will tell. It's as simple as that. Nobody can forecast anything, but you know, historically, things change. Mm. Just be ready for it. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to deliver. If it's better power, or if it's you know, I'd love an electric Land Cruiser. Yeah. You know, you know it, it'd be so many different things. You, could, you know, applications and e-bikes are fine on, you know, mountain bikes. But yeah, you could, you know, um, I think the the bad thing, the really really bad thing about electric motorcycles is that, um, you know, people aren't going to complain. You know, you, you hear three two strokes go past your house and they're going up into the you know, up into the scrub, somebody's on the phone going, there are motorbikes up there. Nobody's going to hear a thing. Mm. Yeah, so it's bad for, you know, that side of it, you know, because the people will be able to ride anywhere and nobody's going to hear them and nobody's going to care. Yeah. Not really bad, but you know what I'm saying. It's not really, I can't see anything bad apart from that. And, and But you saw, like, did you see the effect that it had on the industry for a positive in yeah. mountain bikes? Like it was just yeah. really obvious after how long? Well, 10 years now. Uh, Is that how long Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that the first e-bikes were out about then, I think. So what Ma- oh, maybe eight years. Oh, no, no, I'm wrong. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It'd be probably seven or eight years, wouldn't it? Yeah, Google that, Ron. See when the first... Levo. It was Specialized Levo was the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Maybe maybe it's probably only five years. It seems, mm, seems like, like it's a been lot around, longer, yeah. you know. Um, oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, the Here's first it. electric motorbike, uh, a mountain bike. The yeah. Montag. Uh, Ali VO. First uh, MTB, leap, uh, first specialised Levo. Yeah. What year did they come out? Uh, yeah. Yeah, how's that? First... Done? There it is there. What year is that? 15? 2012. 12. Well, oh, bang. 10 years. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's been but a it, it felt like it was a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, Just accept them, mate. It's fine. We'll give them yeah. their cookies. And, and, um, March 2012. Yeah. The world changed. Yeah, and here it is. Yeah. So it's over. It's oh, over wait up. Years. So go down, Rones. Go down. Go down. So March 2012, Specialized presented its first e-bike in 2012, the Turbo. However, it wasn't an e-MTB, but an urban e-bike. So uh, then okay. go down, go down, All right. uh, up a bit. On 15. July 5, 2015, so you're only a couple of years out, yeah. the mountain bike world was brought to a halt. It was the day Specialized presented the first Turbo Levo, the day when the heads of bike engineers around the world really started wearing into action. Specialized had raised the bar for all mountain bike manufacturers and raised it very high. That bike still stands up to this day. Yeah, so we've got we've got four of them in our fleet, like for the um, uh, machine operators to get into their machines if they're a long way. They just keep going. They just keep going. I remember your you had that blue one. You had two oh. of them, and I sent that fucking blue one down the rock garden at Smithfield. It's going, and Glenn's like, "Was that my motor?" Like, I think it was. Oh yeah, when we did it with Courtney. Oh yeah, Courtney. Yeah. That day that oh, he, yeah. he rode the worlds on his cross country bike, and he was like, "I don't know about this." They had like one inch of travel. Yeah, but yeah, like that's it's crazy that they bought out. A bike in fifteen that yeah it's still and now like the the, the the theme is the the super light the SL yeah. uh, the Kenevo SL my favorite bike is super because you're still pedaling it has a little bit of power and it yeah everything about it's beautiful you know um that super lightweight and they've got a heap of suspension and and, and so so they're going to be here and they're going to keep on going and it's going to be fine and and you know it's not going to you know nothing's really going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be ordinary bikes and there's going to be e-bikes, you know. And uh, with the motorbikes, they may be the same. Uh, but I think, you know, I think a lot of people secretly are waiting for them. Yeah, they, you know, like I'd love a a, a road bike like my Vitpillen. Yeah, you know, a seven hundred one. I'd keep that for the rest of my life until an e uh, electric one came out. Yeah, I'd get one of them. You know, just because it's what's wrong with it. Yeah, you know, it's it, and. You know, probably like, you know, electric chainsaws and electric things like that. If, if nobody's purchasing them, they're not going to evolve. Yeah, other, yeah, you know? yeah. So there's got to be a group of people purchasing and going, yeah. look, they may not be the best. Why wait five years to get a good one? Why not just buy it now and experience and have fun? Yeah. And yeah, it may have some little problems here and there, but I don't think so. Hmm. You know, and, and they're going to evolve. They're going to get better with every model, every couple yeah, of years. They're going to look at the cars. For in, the car yeah. thing's just incredible, you know. Like yeah. with what's the the Ford over in America you can it's got enough ba like power source to run your house for like four yeah days. there's there's some of them now even like Mitsubishi releasing yeah. the new Outlander the the power like the power unit it's got like a reverse um, output so like say for instance if you know your, your power's Cyclone out and you need to run your fridge yeah 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 you literally just fucking plug your car in and it just puts it back into the power or you turn the power off in the hat like 
it's 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 kind of the invention like it's there so you don't have to take a jenny or your conventional family don't have all these things they can you know they can take items from a house to go camping or mm. it's it's not really reverse engineering but no, it's it's, uh, it's it's sort of flipping it around going but you can do this too yeah it's crazy well, i it's, think it's a beautiful thing and, and and gone like with the adventure bikes and stuff too like having that hybrid where you don't you you know you don't it is it is fuel but then you know then you've got your battery source to take you know you you, you blow up mattress and your tan mm. and you, you can you know you can run these types of items off it you know mm. that's that hybrid model which i'm sure exists already across a number of products but there is no negative to it you mm. know i'm sure they have to mine certain you know minerals or you know essentials and other aspects you know mm. to create this but the I've got out- the data on that too. Yeah, but the output is really? phenomenal. Yeah. The output is incredible for what it provides for us as humans. Well, well, that's the thing too. Like, I think uh, <clears throat> that's the genius of Elon Musk of basically saying we want to move to this sustainable technology, but that just isn't enough for people. Like, just go, oh, hey, I mean, I know you like your iPhone, but it's made with these fucking child slave or whatever this is yeah. the real phone that you should be using but it's like janky as fuck it doesn't look as good it doesn't feel nice in your hand it weighs a bunch like it, yeah it gives a f- i don't care that it's sustainable like yeah. it, it's just not as good yeah. and i think that that's the that's the the way that elon backdoored this whole thing is he just made a product that was overall better that you couldn't you didn't have to give a fuck about sustainability you didn't have to be a vegan hippie that lived in byron bay to own one of these things because you're doing it for the cause you're just doing it because it's better and that's i think that's the big question with the the stark and from the people that i've spoken to that have ridden the the new electric bike is they're just saying it is a better motorcycle so it's just like fucking sold well they're not going to bring it out and say it only lasts 10 minutes but honest that's what uh, evolution of any product is that's why uh, you sell a 2015 and you buy a 2016 (laughs) because that's better (laughs) sick happy days yeah Yeah, these fucking things I'll lose two and I'll I'll fucking I'll get a new one oh it's got better brat like it's it's just a part and it's a part of business I was just trying to find that for you and I, I you got it? Yeah, I, I, I've got it here somewhere. Because um, that, that's the big argument as well. Like, it's fu- the the Stark video that I'm going to make, I'm going to kind of try and go into detail a little bit of, like, people's counterpoints. But, but I don't... That is one of the counterpoints. Is like, ah, oh, yeah, but it takes this and this. Yeah, and you got to honestly... Ha- it doesn't matter. They don't fucking know. <laughs> that's that's a very good point. <laughs> they don't, man. Like, mm. nine times out of ten, those people that have those opinions, yeah, they, they don't just don't shit. fucking know anything. Well, we... Yeah. And yeah. I don't mean to be an asshole, but yeah, well, it's, it's quite true. And you know what? I don't know. I, don't I wouldn't have a fucking yeah. clue. And that's oh, where no. I can't find it. Sorry. Uh, so what yeah. were you looking for? Maybe Rones can find it. Oh no, it was an email sent to me by Specialized, and it was for that ride to work day, uh, uh, Earth Day. That's what it was. Yeah, search Earth it. Day. You'll yeah, find got it. it. And it's just oh, really cool. Up like, um, that's like the is that like the Red Bull email where they send you and tell you how healthy Red Bull actually is? I don't. <laughs> Glenn. You're about to read propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> Specialized Con- propaganda. Conspiracy theories, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Um, Do I need to put on fucking the alfoil hat to listen to this email or what? Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> Move the Wi-Fi router. Is it in here? Oh, yeah, yeah. fucking 5G. Fucking 5G. Yeah. We can't do that. This is so hard. Uh, Someone should build a better Yeah, one. yeah, like, yeah, anyway, it's... um. 
No. So on, they basically. It's on my laptop. So yeah. they basically were saying that. Well, exactly what what the data is on yeah. on batteries and you know, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And they yeah, would have it too. Yeah, it's an incredible yeah. company. And, and you can't because it, you know you can't just send that out no. and it's not true. Yeah. You know, it's so I'll get it out for you. It's yeah, especially for that. I'd, have you got the stock? The be. Yeah, pull out the stock. Do you want to see it? Because I keep looking at it. Eh? It's <laughs> beautiful. Eh? Hey. Jonesy. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Skitty. <laughs> I can't wait to ride a fucking March. Stark e-bike with oh. you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is the thing we were saying before. What are they, they going to be? Like an e-bike is an e-bike, mountain bike. What do we call it? Oh, they've, got to, they've got to have a name. Fucking look at the thing. E-ride? Elon? E-moto? <laughs> Elon. Elon? Uh, no, no, see, that that is beautiful. Yeah, that is. A, yeah. And that he's done the exact same thing. They've gone... Okay, here's a dirt bike. How do we just make it way better? And we're all right. We also have this electric sustainability narrative mm. that we want to push. But here's just this better motorcycle. And like, I look at it from a fucking vet rider point of view that wants all the coolest shit. And it's like even the triple clamps are like the it's like aftermarket triple clamps. Yeah, and right. The, yeah, yeah. They've built the foot pegs are like the lightest foot pegs that have ever been made, and they've just gone to like a crazy extent. Mm. to make a really good motorcycle. And I think that's what it takes. And I think that, like, Alta, the... You remember the Alta motorcycle? Yeah, they yeah. Were, so they were the, they went broke. I mean, well, Harley bought them, and then I think that they just kind of chopped them out, mm. sort of at the knees kind of thing. Um, but they didn't necessarily build a better motorcycle. They built an electric motorcycle, whereas I think this one, without riding it yet, I think... And you're going to ride it soon? Yeah, in like two weeks. Huh. So they've built. I think that they've just built a better motorcycle that that's electric, and that's how this company wins. Is if they have built a better motorcycle that is electric, not built an electric motorcycle. If that makes sense. Mm. That's beautiful, and just a sound. Yeah, just, just yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, we've it? got that block of land. We've like right next to the warehouse. Nobody's gonna know. What, dude? If I had a fucking Stark right now, guaranteed, I would be riding it from work and I'd be motoring in there when they when they've knocked off and no one would know and then I'd push it back to charge it and I'd let it charge for however long it needs charge and then I'd fucking ride it back yeah. there you could just do motos on vacant blocks of land no or one no one would you, give a fuck or if you had a car with the battery you'd just have a drink plug it in yeah. there you go have your Jenny at the track no, yeah. you would have needed Jenny because you got your car well, you got your electric car yeah but you yeah. know like uh, you know the Cairns Showground mm. where you know like Big bands would come and play there. They had to be out by nine thirty or ten because yeah, people lived there. Because of the noise, yeah. And Supercross was the same. You have to be out by a certain time. They used to do a stadium at the Cute, show, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was bloody. I don't remember that. I maybe oh, vaguely no, remember way it. Way before your time. Oh, that would have the been the ones, anyway. the freestyle demos. Oh yeah, the, yeah. At the well, show, um, Palmsy yeah, used to do those. Daryl Lyons and all them. Yeah, yeah, they were big. But the Supercross there. So they so actually did a Supercross there. Yeah, many times. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Wonder if and there's was a photo like, of that. Oh, who was there? I've got a f- photo of us at a party afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was type like in, type in Cairns Supercross, Cairns Showground Supercross. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if there would be anything. Surely the Cairns post has something. Bell and Gawley and yeah, a uh, long time ago. Uh, not not a lot. No, there wasn't cameras in those days. <laughs> it was nah. that long ago. Yeah, yeah. 
Steam driven, mate. You might find Jason's photo of Jason a fight on this page. I'll be belting someone at the Cairns Motorcycle Club. <laughs> we had no shit. This one here. Oh, fucking uh, funny. Oh, wait, go, there, go to that one. Go down a bit, Rones. Go up, 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 left, left. Ride a dirt bike near Cairns. Yeah, click on that one. That was the start gates. That's, that's our club track. That's where we grew up racing. That's I was president of that club. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was nineteen. No yeah, shit. Yeah. Who let you do that? I don't 19? know. I don't think there was anybody available. <laughs> <laughs> was there more tracks in Cairns than than just that one? What oh, was, there was what four. was the one behind Stocklands? They used to have a pony. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That that was years later. That was yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. Yeah, that. I have vague the, memories, and it had the big creek. The yeah, creek, yeah, the pony yeah. and the crocodiles. Yeah, no, that drain it had crocodiles in it, and they oh, said it, they, you it, don't do that. They put bunting on the last two corner, like two of the corners that went down into that creek, because somebody spotted a crocodile. Mm. So you actually had to turn earlier, you know. But it was a pony club. Yeah, and the pony club was. Oh, it was yeah. Sick. yeah, and it was great, and it was the best land. It's so beautiful, and they just needed to. They were going to lose it or something, so they said, "Let's get well, another club in here." It was the only center. motorbikes, yeah. They built the shopping. Center. Oh no, no, it wasn't no, there. It, no, it, it wasn't was there. behind Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy, the race course. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. I remember fucking Mel used to keep her horse there. Oh, there you go. At the thing. No, I, yeah, yeah. So that's where the track was. There was yeah, a track right at there. the horse, and there was two creeks that intersected there. Yeah, it was quite. It was really nice. The soil was beautiful, but there was a lot. There was uh, one out in Edmonton. Edmonton went further out into the mangroves dad was saying too. oh yeah yeah we used to have pony expresses through there did you know that and, Jace? yeah no. yeah so after the first turn you know you turn left yeah so past that back berm it's just all sand really yeah and dad said they used to have a pony express yeah. and it'd go all the way out there yeah dodging crocs and oh there was yeah and i actually saw a guy shoot over that berm one it was from innisfail his name was johnny powell <laughs> and he shot over the, and everybody's like oh he's gone over the edge and he's landed in the mangroves you know and they've got him out they've got him out and the bike and some other guy he's got there he's like we going you're right he goes no what's wrong with you like we looked and there was a stick <laughs> that went through his helmet through his mouth and out <laughs> through his cheek oh yeah in the old days but yeah, that whole area. But there was a motocross track um, at uh, Mount Peter Road. Uh, really? Right round, if you went out the back of Edmonton, round the back way. Um, yeah, there was one there and there was another one around the corner from there. There was a few motocross tracks. I think a lot of places, like here would be the same on the Gold Coast or... Yeah. Like it's just that whole, you know, the noise thing. Like if we had the yeah. electric thing... Well, that's what I'm saying, you know... You, you could have a block of land at like 20 hectares. Yeah. And well, you put a, a motocross track in. And you'd still... And the horses are next door. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to accept for the dust. <clears throat> that's nah. all you have to worry about. And that's the only thing you have to worry about. Which yeah. is easy to fix. Yeah. These, really. And you may see them burnouts when they leave, you know, down yeah. the road. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's like with northern New South Wales. Like, it's honestly like there's no better place on the East Coast to have a motorcycle. Like, that a region. Track, yeah. You know, and, and it's just full of, you know, it's full of farmers and... Hmm. Excuse me, like quiet town, like it's full of people that don't want riffraff, you know, and mm. the riffraff's the noise. So mm. Bangalore, you know, like all those amazing spots. But as soon as we have this type of, you know, motorcycle and, and it's accessible and affordable, like Jesus. It's not going to be a problem. I'll tell you it's now, gonna, it's going to change yeah. a lot of things. Because yeah. when you look at it, and we would do it also, if you live down Mount Peter Road and four o'clock in the afternoon, why a couple of... You know, two strokes screaming past your your, yeah. your porch like that. You'd be 
damn things and you ride yeah and that annoys you yeah you know when it's too close to you or or something like that you're not jealous or anything like that you just don't like the noise sometimes if you're on a racetrack it's fine yeah but um if you can't hear it nobody's going to complain Mm. Yeah, it's going to be. That's what I was before about like nobody's going to care what you're doing out there because mm. they can't hear you. Well, and the the thing is like oh, I want to buy a property somewhere at some point, have my own track, have the my own setup. How far have you got to go? I think that's kind of yeah. It's the not point region that, specific anymore. Well, I think what you were sort of getting at before is like how much land have you got to buy and where these days to not piss someone off? Yeah, it's fucking borderline impossible. Yeah. But then it's like you go to like Canungra. 40 minutes from here most beautiful land but it's fairly developed you you could have the most perfect land in the world for a motocross track but you still can't put a motor, motocross track on it you because of the noise now you could who gives a fuck where your neighbours are what are they going to say they're going to be angry at that all the only criticism they would be able to make if there's no dust is like fuck they're having too much fun <laughs> like it's usually the case they just get pissed off because you're having so much yeah. fun turning but. motorcycles into puppies <laughs> <laughs> shape them like puppies <laughs> he's jumping on me what he's, he's what you don't like you having too much fun you don't, what you, you don't like you don't like you dogs. don't like dogs <laughs> you're going to hell <laughs> but you could get land almost anywhere yeah as really. long as you've got enough room mm. like fuck I want to be the dude that's like got a quarter acre block in Burley that's got a fucking supercross track over every Yes. inch of node like if there's not a building on this part of the land then there'll be a fucking Stark track on yeah. it yeah. and I think that that'll be I think that's when people or like yeah. I was talking to um, when I had Buttery on the podcast we were talking about imagine this is my vision for it that I think would just and I think this is kind of the important thing people should think about is like alright we've got this like abstract technology now essentially coming into the motorcycling industry mm. let's think about how we can use this to just like this is our cast net yep. like we're gonna fucking rope all these people into the sport now because of this mm. you think about a warehouse like this or you'd need a bigger yeah, one than yeah. this let's say you got a warehouse three times larger than this <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you get 10 electric 50s and all of a sudden you've got after school care yeah and oh, you, yeah, yeah, right. You know, yeah. you get like mum, she used to drop Amy off at dancing every day after school. And then you'd go and you'd got your curriculum and you got your dancing teacher and you'd learn your dances and then they pick you up at six, drop you off at four, pick you up at six. Do that for your fucking motorbikes yeah. now. And then it's like, imagine how many kids would go like, oh, my, my mate Billy, he, he, his parents drive, drop him off at the after school moto care. And then you just get to the warehouse, your kid's got your gear bag that you pack and, you know, like right. all the, no barriers to entry. They can do it in town. Mum can drop them off because it's convenient. You know, like imagine that motocross becomes a thing that you do because it's convenient. Like you take your kid there after school, you the, fucking leave him for a couple of hours, comes home and he's pumped. Well, also think of it this way is uh, you could have a motocross track um, on sand and sustainable, you know, as in like it's sand. Yeah. You know, not on a beach, but you, there's some areas that there's is flat sand and it's private property, and you can just yeah, run it yeah. on the sand and yeah. still still have to water it down. So, um, you know, if you can't hear it, it's not going to be a problem. The only little thing that will will raise its head is what's in the like, say, the council bylaws. Yeah, you can't yeah, ride yeah. a motorcycle, but you go, hang on, yeah, it's a motorcycle, but you can't hear it. Yeah. So, what was the problem with the motorcycle before? Was the noise? Was the noise? Yeah. But that that's gone now. 
So I think there'd have to be some wording change here mm. and there because it's not really, honestly, not going to be a problem. But well, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we've been motorbikes our whole life. We can't foresee a problem, can we? Yeah. No, no exactly. Yeah. Um, I think even like there's some, the Australian government has some like tax, yeah, implementation, implementations if like you have an electric vehicle. So I'm gonna, I'm interested to see like oh if you can get like rebates and shit. Like no, that, like you know. well they enforce. So if you have an electric vehicle, I'm pretty sure you pay a certain amount of tax. So don't quote me on it. I don't know ex- exactly how it works, but if there's like in New Zealand, for instance, if you buy an electric vehicle, you get you don't get you get sixteen hundred dollars cash. And it's not from the car dealership. It's not from. Hmm. It's from the fucking government. Well, you should see Norway. And like, really? but the thing is, Australia, yeah. it's just so. Let's just tip like, not being a negative Nancy, but like that just doesn't exist for us. There's no like. If anything, it's like, oh, hang on, like, noose over you, like noose over you, <laughs> fucking head. Hey, what? What? What, what are you driving? They Triton. What I, the fuck are you driving? Why is it? <laughs> why haven't you been to a service station in twelve months? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, but like, I did. I bought a Twix. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mind you, we, 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 every time we charged up on the road in Norway in in, in an electric car, we had to pay. Yeah, it wasn't free. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You pull up to a, a Bowser, you yeah, know, yeah, and you sit there for forty minutes or half an hour. You pay for that. Yeah. So, and and they're all private companies, mm. you know. So it's not just the yeah, only is one is Tesla. Yeah. Where you get free, and I don't think that's yeah. Going to who's be the forever. one? There's a big one in Australia, very bizarre, um, bizarre company. When I was at Mitsubishi the other day, they had them like set up, and it was just like a charging station, but it was made from like a company that you wouldn't think it was. I should have paid more attention. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think a, in in the way a Mitsubishi Triton is about eighty or a hundred grand for just a normal gas powered. Yep, and and. It's another ten. Don't quote me on this, but you know, I think it's another ten or twenty grand to have the seat, the back door. It's a four door, four wheel drive Triton, but you don't have back seats. It's another ten or twenty grand for back seats. What? Yeah, because How does that work? Are well, they trying to discourage? Yes. Yeah. Like every third, fourth car, it feels like. like I think it's sixty percent mm. of their cars are electric. Yeah, but every third or fourth car, fourth car looks like it's you know it's a Tesla, Tesla, another one, Tesla, three Teslas around Tesla, Tesla, <laughs> and not not just Norway, the whole you know yeah, that yeah, whole yeah, region, that region. They're, they're embracing it, and it's just like it's no but, big deal. And that that's because when you go to Norway's a crazy fucking place. Have you ever seen like the fjords in Norway? Like have you ever, go just type in like Norway fjord. How do you spell fjord? F- oh, good work, yeah. friends. There you go. FJ. <laughs> when I flew to Norway, it, I was yeah, that's right. You went fucking yeah. mind blown. Like I, I never, whenever yeah, I, I really want to go when you go back, Glenn, I'll come stay. Nah, this yeah. doesn't do it justice. You got to well, get one over here. You know, like you got to do like a real zoomed out view. The one here with the waterfall is not far from um, Flam. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the town that you're in. No, no, it's a, no. We're at Flow, so this. That's, How anyway, crazy is it that the town you're building Flow Trails in is called Flow? It's crazy. That yeah. is ridiculous. Flow. But we need like a more zoomed out so you can see how many of them there are. Oh, you just go, just yeah, Google and just wah out. There's millions of them. <laughs> maps. Go maps. Go yeah, go maps. Yeah, maybe try go. that, and then the satellite view. But the the biggest thing that I think we're about to see. So yeah, zoom in and then go to the layers. Cha- yeah, go to. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere there. Like, um, dude, you fly over it, and it is 
ridiculous. Mm. Like just these fingers of these How fjords everywhere. How amazing is the fucking earth? Bro. <laughs> so this is why they're pushing the electric thing so hard is because they've got this yeah, and they yeah. don't want to spoil it. They like they put, yeah. they put such a premium. Like I'm, I was there in maybe 2015 mm. or something like that. Everything was about sustainability. Everything was about like protecting the ecosystem. We we ate it. We stayed at the ex machina place. The, yeah, right. Yeah. The, you remember oh, yeah, that, you did you remember say that, that yeah, movie? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, no. You, yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. we stayed at that hotel, and the their stipulations were they wouldn't eat food uh, or any produce that wasn't from within like fifteen miles of the hotel. So that's how serious they took sustainability but i remember when i flew in there i hadn't i never used to you google. didn't know what to expect i never you? googled anything yeah. i just got got my ticket and i went yeah. to the place and i was excited every time I, that i went there you know and i remember seeing this and i was honestly fucking flabbergasted at how beautiful norway is it so is that makes total sense that they're like nah sorry you got to pay through the ass to having a motor a, a gas powered yeah vehicle. and um you can't four drive or moto either really yeah no matter. And most of the la- most of the land you're looking at is there is private. Really? All in Norway, yeah. I think I'd like there's a percentage, and again, don't quote me, but I, a majority of it is private. Wow. So we met this one guy. Uh, we're at this resort up higher, and we met him at, at uh, and he just pulled up in a truck, and we're talking to him, and he showed us where his land went, and it was over the horizon. There was a mountain with snow on it and a big lake and everything. It was all his. He just ended up with it. And some, you know, like, like, yeah, generations before, you know. But if you go and fish in that lake and catch any fish, you have to ask him. Go first. give him a fillet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so we're here; sick. it's different, you know. But um, the biggest thing that I also noticed, and and we're we're experiencing it now, and I will say in three to four years, or probably not even that long, um, it'll be massive here, in Australia. And just the perception how people Australians will see it or anywhere else are the scooters electric scooters yeah because in Norway that's just a way of life yeah you pull up on the train you get out of the train station or you go and park your car you pull up oh sorry not Norway Oslo yeah any of the main towns you pull up and you automatically walk over scan a scooter and go yeah and then you go wherever oh, like you're going. Oh, like a public scooter. Yeah. 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 yeah well, yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, whether they bird or lime um, or whatever. Lime or yeah, any yeah. of them. Yeah. And you just go but. And, you know, you have to have a count, but you jump on it and go and then you pull up. You say you go to a bar or you go to a motorbike shop or somewhere and you just park it, go inside. It's gone when you come out because somebody else has scanned it, gone, but there's another one there and scanned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and realistically, that is the most amazing thing for our culture, I believe, in the future because you can just, us here now, are going to your place. We'll just come and scooter and go. But you'll probably own it. Yeah. You know, um, Troy mm. Duncan's young fella pulled up at our shed yesterday, and he's it's got a four wheel drive, like a all wheel, like two wheel drive, not four wheel drive. Yeah. big fat tires, suspension, it's huge. And he he had a Kinevo, yeah, an e bike, and he sold it to get that. Wow! Because now he can run around town and everything mm. like that. And uh, I think they made him illegal in New South Wales. And they they're cutting they they're jumping on them. Fucking crazy, it's crazy, yeah. But through the city, I mean, you get on one of them and. And you know, people are chipping them. They go faster and everything like that. Yes, there is going to be ongoing problems like that. Yeah, but, but there the, is also the percentage of it's again like mm. having this conversation. It's like Woolworths with the self checkout. How many people would fucking you know chuck the old app one extra apple in? The percentage outweighs, <laughs> <laughs> or eat all the grapes before you get there. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I do it with. 
The salami sticks. <laughs> I've stolen so many fucking Don't salami sticks. Don't stay publicly, mate. <laughs> Dude, honestly. I do it with toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, <laughs> shit boy, yeah. Matt. Yeah. We're, all, yeah. we're all thieves. <laughs> Bust and go to the toilet. Let's go to the police. <laughs> but if fucking out, like, yeah. Even if every yeah, person, know, yeah. it's way, it's gonna be way more sustainable mm. than fucking hiring six people or like. Not saying mm. you should minimize yeah. jobs, but it's like it makes sense. It's also fun. You know, you're, you're, you're talking Not to each other. No, 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 no. No, I know. I thought we were, I thought we were back you're on scooters. You're fucking sick, Glenn. You're fucking sick. I thought we were back there on scooters. There are children listening. I'm out. <laughs> I thought you were back on scooters. But yeah, you get on scooters. Yeah, you, you turn up and they're there and you just go. And yeah. you're in a group. But all I'm saying yeah. is like the my, my minority... There is always going to be some. Yeah, yeah always going to be some. Chipping going to mess with it. Yeah. But, but they're the you minority. Don't, you don't no. stop it. Like, no. Woolworths, Coles aren't going to stop it because it, old mate, fucking yeah. operations managers listen to this podcast and go, oh, there's two guns back door. Still on door. We're shutting it down. It's, it's just back to check out. Yeah. It's not yeah. up two cents. So, yeah, so anyway, all that, that type of stuff is in where we are going. It's great, you know, to, to still ride a mountain bike that is just standard or have an e-bike and a motorbike and all these things, you know, and it, it may not be battery. It, you know, it could be nuclear. It could be something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It could be a Imagine how diesel. sick yeah. a nuclear fucking bike would be. Like a little tiny nuclear like reactor mm. in there and the fucking thing would just literally last forever. Like, mm. I mean, they wouldn't build it for that reason because yeah. you have one bike that would literally last you forever. But the, the yeah. power's like the, the, you know, generating power... I think we're nowhere near where it can nah, happen. No, not even close. Yeah, absorbing it's only it just from started. Here, yeah, we're so literally like well, the infant stages exciting. of the whole thing. Yeah. Exciting. There's a there's a really good podcast. Um, this Aussie guy did. I actually really want to get him on this podcast. He's an Australian scientist, and uh, he talks to Naval a lot. That's how I he yeah, does heaps see. of shit with Naval. But he basically did this whole podcast mm. on this whole. He calls it like a fallacy of like limited resources. He's like, all resources are is just information and technology. So mm. we, he goes, oil isn't a resource until you have the technology to and the it. information to convert it. Yeah, so it's an information mm. problem. So we don't have a resource mm. scarcity. Exactly. We have an information and a technology problem. And that's basically what we're seeing now with, with the electric is that it's just more information and more technology is creating a new resource. Mm. And it's like f- nuclear fusion, that's the that's the holy grail of power that everyone's trying to get to, mm-hmm. and again, technology and information. So, but it's the same mental health, like all that, like it's all due to a people having a lack of information of how the mind works or yeah. how power is generated. So true. Or, like yeah. it's it's a hundred percent right, and that's yeah. only going to get better. I'd hope so. Yeah, well, I it, think, can't, it can't not. You know, yeah. like you just got to. I think I think it'll get better. It won't get better for the masses because of so many more distractions. I per this is my personal, you know, what I think is like. I feel like there's more and more of this because people are so distracted and things that aren't actually usable information. Yeah. You know, like algorithms feeding people yeah, videos yeah. of fucking people dancing. With, like we sat on the couch just before for 13 minutes <laughs> and lost, got dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this dog sneezing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. what the fuck? We're not going to invent anything nuclear by No, no. No, no, so, no, but no. No, but what I feel yeah, like yeah. is there will be people, there's going to be more people like the mass and old mate and like, 
for instance, who are Stark, then mm. who will there will be more and more of that. But I don't think the masses are going to get. No, they will. Like the, you know, it, it'll be just look, a long it, tail. It, yeah. Look, you know, it's like this thing, the phone. Like when it came out, everybody lost their shit. It was so crazy, but everybody's got one, so it's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's and you, you know, you said you touch on mental health, and and like a hundred years ago, didn't exist. Well, yeah, no, it did. You know, shell shock and yeah, all all this shit, but it didn't <laughs> have, but it didn't have a name. Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like uh, ADHD, ADHD. You know, uh, you That's know, like lost. <laughs> love. Uh, what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. What are you like, looking at? <laughs> love is a full pot of potatoes now. Yeah. Fucking get busy. Start peeling. <laughs> Sorry, you know, uh, Asperger's or, you know, like all these things that we found out what, you know, th- there's problems with, not problems, but there's symptoms and stuff like that. Where before you do that, that person's pretty arrogant. Yeah. That person's yeah. pretty rude. Or that person's this, that. Now you go, actually, we understand it. And then what you just said before, which is right, it's knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And more knowledge we gain in, in that area. It's, it's going to be better for be everybody, better and how you can ever. actually help yourself and help other people, other people. too. Yeah, hundred um, percent. That's the exciting things. Is there's, you know, it's not so much appeal; it's actually yeah. understanding yeah. and how we can get it. And know. I've, I've like, there's not a lot of people that I can have this conversation with, but like I know us three when we get together, we just fully feed off each other on this topic. Like it's yeah. the fucking coolest topic ever. But I like it's once you understand, like once you're in the rabbit hole of that topic, it's so powerful and so beneficial for you as a person. And mm. I know for a fact I try and push it on people because it's good. Like, and I like we'll go down the rabbit hole in so many different instances. So for me, you are right. Like, it is good that we have this understanding because we can share it for others, you know, and not be selfish with that information. Mm. Amen. Mm. I like, I like no, talking it's, about no, that. No, no, it's no, it's it's so fucking true. Yeah, and I think that uh, that we we well, we even spoke about it at lunch. It's like the I think the way that I'm framing it these days is just like bad ideas. There's not yeah, bad. There's not bad people. There's just bad ideas. Yeah, because there's a there's a interesting uh, raising yeah, on we, weeds. We were yeah, we were talking about it the other day. Yeah, like there's a there's a really cool. Um, it's like a Sam a Sam Harris idea like that he kind of puts forward he he, he talks about it a lot with uh, with like terrorism and like through the sort of early 2000s with like terrorism jihadism and all that sort of stuff and then he said that the problem is is when you label people as bad people mm. because then it's like a it's this outside instance that you sort of just don't really have any control over and you just you that's what makes you a victim you're a victim of like this bad person when you demonize people yeah you start demonizing yeah and and so what basically what what he puts forward is that they're not bad people even a jihadist like someone that blows himself up like a suicide bomber Mm. He's literally thinks that he has the right idea about mm. the universe mm. and a right idea about reality. Like his version of reality is that he blows up himself and he kills these infidels and then he goes to uh, the you know Islamic heaven and then he's got his forty two. Like they je- they believe that. So that's like a person believing one plus one equals three. Mm. And then there's the people with the right information that go hey man there's no fucking emergence like it just it is what it is it's just, mm. there's no there's no evidence that you can point to anywhere that would say that that is the the correct thing and that's a good idea that's you saying one plus one equals three and then once you tell so, like once somebody sees for themselves that one plus one equals two 
then you can't un-understand mm. something that you understand in that way so it's like again it's just everyone like if if someone's just holding on to this bad idea then it doesn't make them a bad person it just means that they don't yet have like a functioning model of the world and then i think that that makes it so much i guess easier like you said not to demonize people and not to mm. see people in a negative way like we have an ideas problem we have an information problem. Well, there's two bad really bad words it's they and them Mm. you know they you know you know you hear about the cyclists on the road you know people say oh they mm. ride yeah they do yeah. this them they and uh, one of my friends dan matthews told me about this He's, he said you know that once you start talking about them and they oh they're here the cyclists do this like you're bunching them in Generalizations, a group, generalizing yeah. and then you're demonizing that group mm. and people find that okay to of course they're not all like that yeah are you going to demonize car drivers because there's three dickheads you've just passed in the last hour? Mm. You can't because you know everybody drives a car. But cycling, you, you can because yeah. not everybody rides a bike and they yeah. are dickheads. Yeah. You know, because there's a couple. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, the they and them, once you start using those words, in a, you know, you believe it and everybody else starts, you know, demonizing that group and then bang, it goes. And if you, again, if you're grazing on weeds instead of good good grass you know yeah you yeah know, yeah um that's also going to magnify that and, and that would be like you go back to like the jihadi thing like they're mm. reading a, an old book with bad ideas mm. and that's the food that's them grazing on on weeds mm. in a in a sense and i think that yeah that's sort of circles back to just having this like more information and that mm. the fact that i think that if you're a person that is just seeking information like and the right information having an open mind mm. to the right information like that's actually the ticket out of any fucking problem yeah. that, that you've uh, got you know and, and think, it has to start with yourself yeah and i think that's what Mark elong's gonna try is trying to do with twitter is mm. attach right information to tweets <clears throat> yeah i think that's well based off the ted thing that he was chatting about but it's information that's and like and that's what he'll it. say like he's like i am so i'm so obsessed with the right information yeah like that it may not suit him or a group of people yeah. but that is the right information. but it's the right information yeah. that's what he the tr yeah. no he's it, the truth that's yeah. what he was saying he's like i'm obsessed with the truth and the yeah. truth is the right information and that's like his number one goal if well he hadn't secured twitter when he had that did Ted that talk, Ted, yeah. but like he has recent like got it and he's like that's what i want to do but don't you find that frustrating if you're if you're trying to develop something or trying to do something and somebody gives you information and knowingly gives you the wrong information, information. just to either put you offside or or send you down a different road or or you know just so it suits them mm, yeah well, that's one of my that's i freaking yeah. hate that you yeah. know because you may like it or dislike it but it has to be the right truth, the truth has, yeah. not not twist it around to suit a certain issue you know yeah. uh, i mean as a certain thing it's got to be there's the, one thing that, I and true. that lives with me that i just love is like you have to lie to yourself before mm. you can lie to somebody else yeah and that's like the most demoralizing thing you can for me as a person that's the most demoralizing thing you can do as a human is to lie to yourself like if you're willing to lie to yourself before you lie to someone else like well, yeah, you, yeah, 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 right. Like, you have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you kind of like it's got to go through you to get to someone else. You know, like fuck <laughs> that filter's broken. Yeah, yeah. Your, yeah, you kind of like fuck. It's pretty gnarly. Huh. So, but, like, and that's yeah. what makes like a beautiful person doesn't lie to themselves. You know, like, and we've all been. I've done it hundreds and thousands of times. 
until I had that information, until it was present, it, it presented to me through readings or like... Well, that's like one plus one equals two. Yeah, like, like once you see it, you can't not see you it. You know, mm. and that's just, again, it's just me taking the time. Like I wasn't searching for that information, but when I was in my own space and I was reading and like I came across that, you know, and I'm like, holy shit. So that's that just a better idea. It's a better idea. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, and, and by me doing that, I'm a better person and yeah. I'm going to tell that to the next person. I'm going to tell it to the next person. It's like, yeah, there's so much amazing information out there, you know, and that's the thing too. Like that person who's told you that isn't a very good person mm. because they're fucking lying to themselves before they even tell you. The the thing too about the the truth in terms of, um, you know, like when you say like Elon Musk constantly searching for the truth. The reason why I think that's important is because the closer you are to the truth is the closer you are to reality. Like there is a reality, like there's an objective reality that's mm. going on. And then we're kind of like interpreting that reality. But all of the suffering that you would go through in your life is a, a result of reality being this way and then you wanting it to be another way. Mm. That's yeah, literally okay. where yeah. like all of the, all of the stuff, like you've got a broken leg there's like all right you've got a broken leg the suffering really comes in is if in that moment you really fucking wish you didn't have a broken leg yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean I hate it. Yeah. but if you yeah, just but, that's- but if you sit there and you're like you got a broken leg you're like fuck i have a broken leg mm-hmm. you might feel the pain and whatever but that that it suffering is a different thing in terms of like wishing that it was a different way if you love a fucking girl and she doesn't love you back reality says she doesn't love you yeah your want well, of a reality says that you want you want to that girl to love you then that's where the suffering is the suffering mm. in your life is always the disconnect between reality as it is and, and you, reality as you want it to be yeah. so yeah. that's why like having the right information and knowing the trick what is fucking actually real and where where is reality right now and, and, where, and, and yeah. where am I in relation to mm. that reality yeah I've got a question for Glenn hmm. ask him why are the French so fucking good at downhill mountain biking oh they've got a good program always have had a good program and I think you know yeah and when you have some heroes there that like you know Nicolas Voulier is mm, still in the, the program yeah they, been, the boys mentioned him a lot eh yeah mm. and you know he you know, with, you know again, is he still around yeah 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 God, yeah, I think he's racing enduros or, or he could be yeah he is yeah. No, I think he's yeah anyway he Nico Nicholas is a yeah, hell of a nice guy has it got anything to do with French arrogance they think they're that good so they are that I good I don't think they're arrogant but they like in terms of thinking that they're the best so like you get that you get this cultural thing that go, that they're French are the best the fastest downhill mountain bikers I think it's more pride mm. yeah, it just I mean, drives they, it, they, but it drives them on you know they, they, I think they come across as that and so, but so do the Germans and so do you know um, yeah I remember the English used to say the French are arrogant mm. until I started learning French and you know when you when you're in a bit of a bind, you know, you, mm. you know, parlez-vous anglais? Like, do you speak English? Because yeah. I, I really can't really navigate myself through this whole shopping list and working out different things, you know. <laughs> do you speak English? And no, monsieur. I think, I just heard them speak English with that person <laughs> over there. <laughs> and I said, you bloody, Eng-, you know, you're bloody uh, arrogant. And then somebody said, no, no, you're Australian. Tell them, do they speak Australian? Uh, the parlez-vous Australian? 
Oh, oui, monsieur, and started talking. <laughs> That's and, crazy. Because they didn't like the English. Wow. <laughs> because because the whole English French thing, no you know, the war, you know. So as soon as they knew you were Australian, that was okay. a crazy fucking war. Oh, that yeah. was a real gnarly yeah, one. Yeah, that dragged yeah. out yeah. for a while. What do they call it? The Hundred Year War or oh, something like that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no wonder that I know it's like big. A, yeah, literally, it's like the Hundred Year War or something fucking crazy. Can you imagine being a war for a hundred years? Australia's only just been a country for a hundred <laughs> fucking years. How crazy is that? But the French, back on the French, look, their their programs have been very good. Uh, they have pride. Um, you know, they're bloody fantastic riders, and right back from day one, they have been fantastic riders. We Australians, we didn't have any amazing writers for a while and then we did and it's a trickle down effect it's mm. like a it's an inspirational thing what we were talking about before you know once you once we had an Australian that was like Nathan Rennie as world champion then all of a sudden we got a lot more mm. yeah yeah you know so it's, it, like, it's like three minute mile or whatever yeah yeah and and yeah yeah you know and you know backflips they never existed <laughs> until somebody did one mm. and then everybody did them and then it went on to a double to a or a triple well, after I, that and it's a kid gets born into the world and they start riding and they look at what's happening and that's just normal that's yeah. what every these old people are doing and you just replicate that yeah but if that hadn't existed you wouldn't be up so I, I think it's the same way you know when you get champions and mm. champions breed champions yeah yeah I think too like what I what I love I think the computer's going to die. That's all right. We don't need that one. Um, I think what's awesome too is like how much, you know, like EWS, for instance, like the, the enduro stuff, you know, they've owned, they don't even have a broadcasting deal, you know, like, mm. and it's such a mental like sport. I'm so excited for what's to come with that, you know, like, and the fact that someone like Jack Moyer, for instance, can, can, you know, be try try to you know win that world cup win that world championship and downhill and then all of a sudden transitions over you know it was the same with tobes you know like mm. tobes is very dominant in you know his his desert and his and his enduro and all everything but it was it was dakar that really made toby price who he is today and it's what's made jack who he is today as well well jack isn't just design specific one style yeah, yeah. He, he is a yeah, and like a lot of other people. Yeah. Right? Jack is like not just one thing. Nah. But he'd be good at a lot of things, eh? But it's amazing that the sport has created, you know, it's it started of, you know, predominantly with the downhill stuff, you know, and yeah. it's growing so much now. It's creating multiple avenues for different riders to suit, you know, exactly their niche. Like it's just super Well, think exciting. about the, when the the e-bike EWS really takes off mm. and then you see all the old guys that are like they're just out of their prime to keep mm. up with the young dudes like you'll have the Sams and the Vulios and all those mm. guys like mm. yeah it's just like more lanes are getting yeah. created and then it only did you see Glenn that um, the same people that did Driving to Survive on Netflix the F1 series no they've signed um, to do the Tour de France that'll be crazy eh so this is the thing too like what 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 you know content and marketing and the masses has done for f1 is absolutely incredible you know they had four hundred thousand people at, to attend the the melbourne grand prix you know and the the girls and the younger demographics and stuff was incredible yeah just, look, apparently it looked like melbourne cup yeah. No way, yeah but what like what this could potentially do with um you know with with the just cycle the, like, yeah. cycling in general and then obviously the the same federation runs the dakar so 
than that same business or another business or lookalike they've tried to do with MotoGP with um, their, their series. MotoGP you know? Unlimited or something? <laughs> yeah, Unlimited. It's not mm. available in Australia on Stan, but, or, yeah, Stan. So that, that's going to like, it's going to be amazing what that does for cycling, you know, to to go from like mum and dad never watched F1 then they watched it and now they love it you know like it's just what mm. it's going to do for cycling and then potentially for enduro and it's like there's so much more depth in mountain biking it's, mm. as in it's like, going to be crazy what, you, what's you look so at, accessible you look at say rally yeah right it's a car a big car going on a dirt road yeah and people are pinned and like or, or even lane like swimming yeah how yeah. many you know everybody watch racing at the Olympics you know you know our champions a lane this wide going down a swing pool mm. and you're just pinned to it so and that's just not so much a layer it's got a few layers to it but yeah. then you you just look at mountain biking compared to road mm. cycling there's a lot more things yeah. to play isn't there yeah, yeah but so. it's again like that information too like mm. Icarus like God knows how many years Icarus you know blanketed the doping you know every cyclist is a dopist like mm. now to have something like you know, driving to survive for the tour where it's not about doping. It's not about, you know, it's not, it's, it's all about positivity and like the sport and the politics and the people. Like, I think for me, like that's what I love so much about these days with sports is like the marketing, the content, the influence that we have with cameras and like all this shit that you started with, like Mm. it's all plays a massive role into like, you know, spreading these types of, you know, sports and, and good actions and, and competitive nature and stuff into the masses for them to then potentially buy cycles, get in amongst it. And then it feeds like, I don't know if you follow like Rafa, for instance, like mm. what they've done with cycling mm. apparel is fucking mental. So sick, you know, co- collabing with like Paul Frank and like all these amazing yeah. artists. But it's like, I just love the fact that what with mountain biking it, it's it's really like shown <clears throat> where it started from the Coranda or whatever to like now just like it's just like f- reached out it's like that broken windscreen you know like yeah, the yeah, rock the shadow, smashes yeah. and then you just got the crack and it's just yeah the lines so, going everywhere and joining yeah, yeah so it's I mean it's just so sick to see like the, I just love view, viewing it from that perspective not not necessarily writing every day you know what i mean and was so, there a time like where it, it magnified for you like like did you notice a spike and was and what um, was that spike what was it from you know for you too like watching stuff over the years but what sort of really i think is it information me, i think for me it's like as a business owner and like essentially i like partaking in like activity you know mm-hmm. but i'm not the guy that's like going to buy all the like I've owned the same motorbike since 2018. Yeah. Like I've <laughs> the same gear. Like I don't, I'm more like psyched on like, you know, like I'm an advocate for like high hype beasts and I like, you know, the latest trends and I like all like the information. I like the business side of it. And I love seeing like Rafa's had 300% growth in two years. Like, and that's just the cycling company that's taken mm. it from like, you know, cycling apparel to like boutique cycling apparel. And it's come from, but then like, that's more like what I love and that's been my love's grown for that as the information's been more accessible for me and companies have been established from the sport mm. you know and then this then that bounces back to me and then the platform and technology and socials and I think yeah. for me that's that's where the transition starts information and how accessible it is and where I find it and how it's delivered to me 
so i think that's like it's not for me about like as a person it's not for me about riding a specific trail or like derby definitely opened my eyes but then like all the information that comes with it is like just me being a bit of an info geek like me and Jace geek out about that shit for fucking hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah, it's got to it's got to just be all like the just the accessibility, like the internet, mm. like watching, just being able to like be delivered the the yeah. visuals of it. You know, like yeah, I think driving that, to survives like the perfect example. I think for F one, you know, like there's how many on the grid, like how many kids actually, yeah, like get 20, us, twenty in seven billion. Yeah, like that's your chance of that's being an F one driver, but. Like the stock went from like you know twenty dollars to now what sixty seven dollars in did it you know like the the companies mm. like since the the U S have brought it and the marketing and the the content and like all that sort but like with EWS that's all I can see happening with that if it's done right mm. you know like in so many sports and that's where I think it's that's what excites me especially with like you know it, and predominantly I don't think Tesla would be what it is today if Elon wasn't such. Mm. the marketing like it's the way they've done it like the marketing like all the information it's like it's mm. all beautiful isn't it yeah it's crazy it really is and that's the same like I would <laughs> never have seen flow if Specialized didn't do soil searching with you mm. like that moved me like that whole video with you was like incredible I was really? like yeah but that's what, oh yeah I felt the same it was, yeah it was that, so sick that to see shifted like everything I'm like fuck like that place is incredible what glenn's doing is incredible like that's just information so i think for yeah. me like that's where the shift is and i don't know about mm. you Jace, yeah no but- it's it's the same yeah i i agree it's like you just the accessibility of being shown something and yeah. it's like it's aspirational they can like it can be delivered to you you know like you used to that was like the gripe back in the day, you know. Dad's like, "Fuck, I got to walk up this hill, and I got to do, you know, like yeah, fuck yeah. this while I stand up in the hill and get mm. fucking eaten by mozzies, and you know, just to see you for two seconds, and that that's gone now, you know. Like mm. you can just everyone can go to Red Bull bike or and and watch the races, and just the the like creativity that the internet has been able to give people. I think mountain biking, mountain biking is probably always has been for me the benchmark of like filming and action sports. I mm. think just have always had the best content like work the hardest to get content i think that and snowboarding yeah you know like the travis rice films like yeah. that that is the thing i think that really like pushes it out to the because to like look you know? at Bryn too like that's what essentially what Bryn does right mm. like he's a content creator slash mountain biker like it's created so many amazing avenues yeah yeah. He's opened up a whole new world of sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, dude. That, that, you know. That, yeah. That's and crazy. you know, he's he's so smart. Mm. You know, he can he can tell a dub sound mm. of a tire. You know, no, no, that's not that's not coming from that tire, <laughs> <laughs> or or you know, a shifter or something. Like he knows. Yeah. A ratchet. He was telling me, you know, there, there was quite a few things that he can pick up on that they go, no, that's that's been put in there. That's wild. That's crazy. Eh? But that's that's cool because he's in it so and he always has been mm. ever since yeah. day one. He just like focused on it, you know. Yeah. So, so committed. It's crazy, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's not easy to do mountain bike filming either. I can tell people firsthand. Yeah, you've done it. <laughs> it's quite fucking hard to do. <laughs> Gentlemen, yep. we uh we've done three hours. Really? Done. Oh my god. Gone. Do we touch do we touch the bases? 
you had them there, so I think we touched I think, everything. I think we did. We didn't talk about the cape much, but we'll just, we'll just film it. Oh, the show cape was rad. We'll film it to show people. There. Yeah, yeah. I can't fucking wait for that, eh? And Crankworks too. Oh, yes, fuck. we didn't talk about Crankworks either. So no. yeah, that's the big pull the mic back up to your face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Crankworks, what's the dates for that? Uh, you, you can't ask me anything technical like that. No, right? <laughs> I think it's third, October, third and ninth. October. Nah, yeah, yeah, Six to three to nine. Is it three, three to nine? nine? Is it yeah? Same as the Bathurst one thousand. Oh, is yeah. it the Hardy Friday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, great thing for Australia. It's like EWS when it first came to Australia. That was yeah. just like we never thought we were going to get one of them, and Crankworks, and that's been boiling this for is, a this while. Is the number, I guess you could say, it's like not the the third fucking installment, right? Like yeah. you've yeah, you had the World Cup. Derby. World Champs, Derby, oh, EWS, and now Crankworks. Yeah. What else is there to bring to Australia? There are many that's, more things. Is that's it? That's crazy. Yeah. That's the big ones, but. Yeah. Oh, so far, yeah. How oh, yeah, for mountain biking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, How long has yeah. Crankworks the whole, I know. Three years? Yeah, you and I have been speaking about it for a long oh, time. Oh, how long? Yeah, we, I mean. You've been working on it Darren friend, yeah. came out and had a look at a few sites, and we got him up to Cairns Christmas three years ago. And had a look at a couple of sites, and then we look at the data, and and you know looked at height and you know slope analysis and stuff like that, and then, but look, he he said something really wonderful, and Who's I think Canard, uh, he he owns Crankworks. Okay, awesome. Better check on that name, make sure I don't mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> but a great guy, and um, Daza. Yeah, he uh, look he he looked at cans, and. You know, the same thing as what the UCI did with the World Championship and the World Cup. You know, it's like, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. And and, and to have these events in beautiful places is, is very important. Yeah. You know, and he fell in love with the place. He'd never been here before. He'd only seen it on TV with the World Cups and World Championships and to stand and live, you know, to go out yeah, to park to actually be and, there. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And it is great, you know. So um, it's great for, for Cairns. Uh, it's great for Australia. And uh, again, it was was going to go to Warburton along somewhere along the way too, and then quite a few other people threw their hat in the ring, and it's ended up in Cairns. Three years, um, I think there's a three-year contract. And Sick. They, oh wow! Yeah, so the government's going for wanting to go more. I, th- I think Rotorua has got quite a yeah quite a few for, years. Forever, yeah, 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 and it's a great place. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a it's a good thing all that history, but it is. Um, the announcement came 30 years after the first time we started talking about mountain biking in Cairns. So it makes me feel old, that's for sure. You know, to be there, right there, to see, I never thought it was going to be like this. Yeah, and Crankworks yeah. is amazing. And it's a spectacle. Again, it's different to... I think it's more of a spectacle, you know, it's yeah. going to be like a... F- the whole town will be able to get behind it. It'll yeah, be like, yeah. a, it's almost like a festival. You know? And like you said, your, your dad's not going to be, you know, walking up a hill to yeah. see two seconds. He's going to stand there and, and, and everybody else thing. is see the whole lot. Yeah. It's made for screen, you know, it's made for yeah. everything. So it's also be there too. Yeah, it's, it's bloody beautiful. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, congrats on that. It's unreal. Yeah. You look good in the paper too. Yeah, As yeah. always. <laughs> Have you yeah, kept right. all the clippings? I, I, no, opened, no. I opened my like socials and stuff this morning it was just fucking it was like boom 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 yeah, like oh glad hey. yeah. yeah no it's pretty sick to be like mm. to see the I guess like the reception of it you know people are pretty pumped yeah yeah and it's yeah it's gonna be amazing and uh yeah the, I hope we're all there mm. I'm keen sure. Maddie won't be yeah I've gotta be in three three places in one time mm. that's alright we'll work her out that's then 
it's not long after. Well, you'll be able to see everything uh, when we go to the Cape. Yeah, you just ride yeah. past it, give it yeah, a wave. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Glenn. Thanks for having that, me. I'm stoked we got to do this in the in the studio. Look a couple of things up, have some aircon. It's quite nice, and uh, might be the last yeah. time. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It was great having you on. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah. Thanks for coming, Matt. Thanks for making it's the trip. <laughs> <laughs> the trip, trip across the hall. <laughs> I don't do these ever. So Just do it more often, Matt. It's good to. Dude, yeah, I think you should. Nah, nah. Only, only when, only when you're on special, special occasions. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get some nice dinner. Let's get some Tucker into us. Yeah. Unreal. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, yeah. Early. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, Dad. Thanks. Good work, guys. Done.